Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. Well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in.
welcome to Signal of Doom. It's episode 244. I'm Dave and I'm here with Rich. Rich, how are you going? Not too bad. I'm, uh, yeah. uh, I've, I've recovered a little bit from the, the Black Friday, which only ended on wow. Tuesday. So you were, you were a burnt out wreckage of a man yeah. when I spoke I, to I, you. I, I said to you afterwards, I, like, I literally cannot remember the show last week. Yeah, it's I, funny. Like, I know I was rambling and, and talking shit, but I, I literally, for the long, I was like, I can't remember what I was saying. You were in form, man. For, for someone so who was so fatigued, you were in serious form. Like, um, yeah, sometimes it's like that. You go into kind of almost like a dream state. I've been there before where I've, where I've recorded, and you're that tired, but obviously, I think it helps having the topics. Yes. So, oh, God, yeah. You know, if you've if got... If you didn't have the topics, I'm sure I just would have been rambling. Well, yeah, it would probably be a lot shorter as well, but no, it was good, it was good value. So that was... um. Last week. Now, this week, we're doing Spider-Man um, Death of Gene DeWolf, um, a famous uh, Peter David, actually, storyline. Uh, Which I've had, on, I've had on my bookshelf for ages, and I just haven't got around to reading. So. Did you have the hardcover that, that they put out? That's what I had, the black hardcover? Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. it's a nice package, actually. Did you buy it recently, or did you buy it many years no, ago? Yeah, I've... Jesus, this this thing sitting on my shelf for years. Yeah, no, I remember when it was out on the shelves like a decade ago, and I didn't get it. Um, but then I bought it. They re-released it within the last year, and I bought it then. Um, and... Yeah, because you sent me the picture, and I was like, I think I've got that on my bookshelf. Yeah, and I went yeah. to go look at my bookshelf. I was like, Yeah, that's there. Well, it was back when Marvel were doing a lot of those Marvel premiere classics, um, mm. and I bought quite a few of them. And that might not have been a premiere classic, considered maybe it was. I can't remember, but it definitely came out around that era. Um, nice page length, um, nice little package actually. That book, I think personally, I think it's a, it's a nice little hardcover to have for the shelf. Um, now, Rich, obviously, you've been doing this. Um, what's it called? Black Friday sales and stuff. Have you had any ch- chance to watch anything or read anything outside of the show in the week since we've spoken to you? No, honestly. So uh, I have gotten up to episode. Four. Four of Wheel of Time. So four of Wheel of Time. So Good. I think the fifth one came out today. Right? Yes, and I've seen it because uh, you know how dedicated yeah. I am to spinning the wheel. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll do we'll do spinning the wheel in a second. So yeah, but well done on on catching up to that. Uh, I so I've actually been playing a lot of Final Fantasy fourteen because the new expansion comes up uh, starts tomorrow. So I've been playing a bit of that uh, when I haven't been too tired. Right, and you play that on PC, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I see it come up on um. I, so, something you're on, I'm not sure what it is, but I see your status and it says playing Final Fantasy. Um, I'm not sure what, what what it is, and maybe it's maybe it's on the Discord. Um, there's there's oh yeah yeah it could be on the Discord because sometimes I'm uh, talking to people uh, playing the game. On Discord. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and I've actually made a serious dent in the game. After about a two week break, I hit it real hard. Uh, on the weekend, and that's just escalated during the week. I played one morning till one a.m. I'm I've, I'm getting the pieces together to form Excalibur, Richard. Okay, King Arthur sword. For those who don't yeah, know, yeah. and um, the treasure. Yeah, I, I, rem- I remember when the Vikings got Excalibur. Yeah, I remember. Well, slow down there with the, with the <laughs> with the cynical comments because for those who don't know, a lot of people like myself always thought King Arthur was more Middle Ages, but the actual origins of the myth date back more to, like, um, post-Roman times. Well, I was going to say, yes, it, it, it's tied more in with Rome. 
uh, with the, yeah, the Roman it, occupation. It, but again, not sure where the Viking connection comes from. Well, I can tell you, Richard, the Vikings conquered through Great Britain, and so there are these artefacts you find in Roman sort of, um, you know, sort of Roman design dungeons and stuff. And in there, you find the artifacts that when you get 11 of them, and I've got nine of them so far, you can form Excalibur at Stonehenge, apparently. Now, this news came to me. It was almost like it was almost like when someone wakes me up with Spider Man news. I, I was just alert. As you know, as soon as the news came in, I rushed to the I rushed to the Xbox, switched on, and um, I've now got nine of the eleven, and I'm going to forge Excalibur. And um, I'm looking so forward to it. Basically, it's it's what I'm living for. Basically, like everything, everything else always, is secondary. It's always it's always a, it's always good to have something to live for. Yeah, I mean. The only thing is, am I right in saying this, Richard? And, and correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, King Arthur, I assume the sword and the stone was Excalibur, was it? Yes. So, but didn't wasn't so, that? Uh, okay, so no, no. So there's two different swords. Uh, the, the problem is, is there's two different like sort of fairy tales, right? So uh, I believe that King Arthur mm. got uh, his got it from the lady in the lake right okay right and then i believe the legend was is that it was then put into stone oh. and only someone like worthy oh would be able to pull it now i think those two things have kind of coalesced over time people have sort of like merged them yeah that or... ring you know that rings a bell now that you say that I, I, there was a lady in the lake and you are right and so then maybe when he died it was put into stone I think so, yeah, I think maybe Merlin or someone put it in, in the stone. Right. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head. But and then whoever could pull it from the stone was uh worthy to sort of Well that's gonna be my character. Uh you're, evil. You're, forging it. you're not you're not pulling it from the stone. Well I don't I'm not up to that bit yet, so who knows? But I'm I I'm finding all the different bits and pieces that you have to do to create it. And then I'll I'll update listeners next show because I will have done it by then. I can tell them what the what happens at the game, and I'm loving it, man. Like my guy, I've united all of England now. Almost all of England has fallen beneath my banner. My guy's a machine, you know. Um, Vikings rule basically is the message I'm, I, I've I've got here for this show. And I want to say this: I'm going to go on record right now. The only game that I prefer to this was GTA Five. Bang! How about that? Okay. That's okay. it's it's sitting at number two, and barely. It's barely two. I, I think Assassin's Creed Valhalla is one of the best games I've ever played in my life, frankly. Um, there is a bit of grinding, I will say that. Um, but if you're a guy like me who likes to freewheel on the side missions, I mean, there's a lot going on, basically. And I don't know. I've, I've, I've killed so many people. I've killed so many of the Order. Richard, I honestly think that you should revisit this game. I, I actually think you would enjoy it. I really do. I believe that with a passion. You'd be wrong. <laughs> but you like the first one, and this is like the first one. It is nothing like the first one. <laughs> I played the first one not that long ago. I went and completed it all, remember? Yeah, the first one is nowhere near as open world as the shit is. Yeah, no, it's it's less. It's less open world. It's more linear. Far less. The only really open world, if you want to call it that way, is just when you have to ride your horse in between 
yeah. um, cities and towns, but nothing actually happens really in between that. Yeah, but, a long but, ride. but you know what? I still felt when I was playing that game in the cities, I still felt it really felt Assassin's Creed like. Like, I still felt like I was part of the same franchise, you know? Yeah, yeah it's just your weird brain, I think. Oh, no, man. I was I was feeling it, dude. I, I, how, how you can how you can feel like Jerusalem and and Crusaders? It feels exactly like Vikings running around sacking. No, like I, I just don't get how you different how you civilizations, different civilizations. But like you're still running around on rooftops and stuff, man, and killing people and all that. Okay, fine, a game mechanic, but this one you still like. There was no open warfare in the first game. You weren't striding into fucking battles. Yes, you could fight all those guys, no, remember? No, I'm not talking about fighting the gods. <laughs> I'm talking about a big open-scale fucking invasion well, this... in the middle of a battlefield. That's not That's not what an assassin does. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but assassin doesn't oh, do right. you... Oh, I see what you're saying. So you're saying like on the raids and stuff. Yeah. Like where you go in and you're raiding. Yeah, but, it, but this one they've dialed down... I mean, my guy still assassinates and and stuff, but like, there's also just the Viking raiding part of it as well. That's that that mechanic. Yeah, you are right. That part of it isn't in the game, but large chunks of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you're still running around by yourself, man. Were were, were Vikings famous for assassins? If you follow the story, no, I'm not talking about their story. I'm just yeah. talking about Vikings in general. I don't know. Would they not I have should... seen there, assassination some... as dishonorable? There would have or... been some rogue sort of assassin characters in Vikings, like sort of more roguelike characters using blades and stuff, for sure. You reckon? Oh, well, the Vikings weren't famous for their honour. Real-life Vikings were not famous for their honour. No, no, no. I mean honour amongst themselves, though. Like, there's I, a, I feel like they have a some sort of code. And, sure. you know, uh, I, I feel like a, a Viking preferred more of a stand-up fight than a sneaking in the shadows... Yeah. Sticking a knife but, through, but like you know, this, the, in this know. one, maybe, maybe that's just the way I interpret it. In this one, in this game, I'm telling you, because you're getting very caught up in story mechanics. When I'm telling you, the game mechanics are awesome. Like the the the, the assassin side of it is dialed down, but you can still do a lot of assassinating. But you can also still play it where you're more of a fighter character, because you know you're stronger. But but like in in it was the same in um. Origins, like it's not that different from Origins. Um, the Origins didn't have the raiding with the parties. That's something they've added in. You know. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm massively. Story is very important to me, and so really, their, their story just doesn't interest me whatsoever. The Assassin's Creed story after the first one doesn't interest me at all. Well, I just think you're a contrarian, Richard. Really? Not really. I don't I think do. so. I think you don't think you're a contrarian. I write. I know I don't. I think my valid, and I think a lot of people agree with me about the the Assassin's Creed games. <laughs> well, when I look at the rankings, though, my friend, they're high. The Metacritic ranking is high. Yeah, but again, different. When I say people agree with me, I don't mean the people that like that are like you that like just open world games and right. spending seventy two hours just <laughs> unlocking a map. I'm talking about people who are more story driven, who maybe play a bit more RPG, like are really invested in a story. And, and like characters and stuff and all that. Like, I think they agree with me that uh, the Assassin's Creed games are not the type of games that they prefer to play. Fine. I can tell you this, though. You are building a community back at Raven's Thorpe, whatever it's called. Um, you, you're building like a little community, like a whole town, like it's a village now kind of thing. So, like, there is a home base, but there is a lot, like, 
I think where you, what turns you off, because I'm not as connected to story, like frankly, I, I I don't really care about the story. But... Yeah, there's no way you can, there's no way you can be there because you <laughs> you go so long in between sessions. <laughs> there's no ways you could care about story because you don't remember what the fucking story is anyway. I <laughs> oh, well, no, they, they, they luckily they have the quest. I'd be lost if they didn't have all the quest, you know, guides where you where you can go. Oh, that's right. I'll go back on the story now and do this bit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the reminders. Like, say what you want about Ubisoft, they do make it easy for players like me. You know, like, where they, they say... better. You're their core audience. They say, you've got to go here and kill this thing, and then, and then you know, um, and then you can take the next mission and do this and do that. I, I, I've really started going to the random guy. Um, uh, there's, like, this kid. They're called the Thousand Eyes or something, and they give you sort of their... their uh, how can I describe it? Like they're sort of community quests, like everyone gets them kind of thing, and you can and they expire, and you can you get like opals and stuff for them as well as the experience and all, and all that. I've really got into into going to those these people and getting these little quests that the the game I think generates for every player, like you know on a twenty four hour cycle kind of thing, and it's always like um go and go and get this person or go and protect this person, but because I've roved through so much of the map. Sometimes I go to places where I've got to, you know, rescue people from, and I've already killed the whole encampment. Either. Yeah, I just think that again. I I just don't feel like, like I don't know. Like it's as I said, it's great that you enjoy it. I just doesn't doesn't tickle your fancy. It, yeah, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't uh, float my tickle, dude. It's a great way to spend time. Like, honest, that's the other I, thing, dude. But that's my point. I love spending time just playing Final Fantasy when I've got time. Wow, Final like, Fantasy. Final Fantasy fourteen uh, is a game within a game within a game. Like, I really? can go do dungeons and stuff as a tank or a healer because that's the two classes I play. Okay, I can. I can actually spend the entire day just doing crafting. Like the old, like even like, um, there's like seven different professions you can do, like armor, blacksmith, mm. leather worker, carpenter, and that is a game within itself. Right. Like you, yeah. you have to level that up and get abilities and stuff and all that. You know what I mean? Well, like at least just, you're doing something. I, well, like as long as you're happy. My idea of fun is, is fair just, enough. Well, my I mean, secret is, as long as you're happy, it doesn't really matter what you're doing. So I am glad you are enjoying Final. By Fantasy. the way, if if there's any listeners who play Final Fantasy fourteen, if they want to add me, my my character's name is Guy Manly. What is it, Guy? What? Guy Manly. It's Manly Guy, guy just the other way around. Okay, Guy Manly. Okay. Um, it almost sounds like you're on a gay dating forum. <laughs> uh, I always play the big beefy, the beefcake, ma- macho guy. So right, okay, wow, macho. So, so it's a good name for a guy, manly. <laughs> it, it is. Um, well, that's good. I, I, I'm not sure what my my guy. I can advertise about my Assassin's Creed guy. W- one thing I well, would... that's the problem. You see, your Assassin's Creed guy looks like everyone else's Assassin's Creed guy. I do know. You know what they do have. They have a thing called a Joms Viking or something. I'm not sure if that's the correct pronunciation. But when you do the raids and stuff, you have your own guy. So you can actually hire him out to other people and you can hire other peoples to fill up your boat. Yeah, so, but your main guy, the guy that you play in the story, Ivor, that, that, that's everyone's Ivor. character. Yeah, you can play it as male or female. Like, um, mm. I, I'm, there might have been a. God, I can't remember. Uh, it's been so long. Uh, there, there might have been like a, a face generator at the start. I really don't remember if there was. There's definitely. I, a, don't, th- I don't think so. There's definitely like, a sex. You, Ubisoft gender. have never let you know. No, you can choose sex, but they've never allowed you to customize your characters. Okay. Well. All right. Well, there you go. 
yeah, that 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 does seem correct. You can do stuff to them though. You can put tattoos and and get them give different. No, I know, but like stuff. for me, the, again, this is what I love about sort of like the like uh, good fashion like RPGs and stuff and all these that you know where you can play different races. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like in, like, like in know, Oblivion and and all that. Like in yeah, um, like Oblivion, yeah. Dragon Age, you know, World Star. of Warcraft, Final Fantasy fourteen. Like you can, you know, I mean, if you want yeah, to play a big. Fun. Uh, caveman of a guy you can if you want to play a tiny little hobbity mm. character you can if in final fantasy you want to play as a cat girl you can yeah what what what, is, what platform is that on pc uh it's pc and playstation 4 right okay it's right. actually got cross play oh, so really? people on pc can That's actually uh, play with people on uh playstation 4. is it on xbox as well uh no right really it's on pc but not xbox That's interesting. Um, well, because it, it's not because it, it's not on through the Xbox. It's through the Square Enix. Oh, I see. Actual right. like uh, launcher and all that sort of stuff. But uh, that's it's fine. Good. I mean, it's got more than enough players on yeah, on that. Good. And to be fair, they'll they will stop. Um, so it used to be on PlayStation Three, but I believe it's not on there. And, and obviously, at some point, it will only be on PlayStation Five. Yes. Uh, yeah. Because I mean, as the game uh, expands and gets. Uh, better and higher graphics and all this sort of stuff. They just can't. They can't make it for the older hardware. Mm. How long has it been out? Is it, did it come out like this year? No, God, no. Final Fantasy fourteen has been out for, or in some incarnation, or whatever. I think it's got to be close to like seven years or something like oh, that. Oh Jesus, really? Wow, I didn't realize that. Uh, it's yeah. it's a fascinating story. So they launched Final Fantasy fourteen online, right? And it was oh. a colossal failure. Right. Like, it was a colossal failure that they actually got this guy who's actually, he's been in charge of it, and he's actually working on Final Fantasy um, 16. Right. Yeah, he's, he's, they've actually, he's not going to be working on Final Fantasy, which, by the way, looks fucking awesome. Mm. Um, I, I know it's a timed exclusive, but I am actually willing to buy a PlayStation just for uh, Final Fantasy 16. It looks so good. But anyway, guy's name is Yoshi P. He came in, and he basically, they, they scrapped the game. Right. Like and he built it again from the ground up, and it became a, a a massive success. Like not overnight, but he's over like the seven years or whatever, or six years. He's he's made it like that. That's now, right now, I would say it's probably more popular than World of Warcraft. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's 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 big. Yeah, uh, it's a really good game, bro. Uh, if you wanna if you wanna t- play it after you've done your Assassin's Creed and all, that, mm. you can actually play it for free mm. for the first sixty levels. Wow. Okay. That's so the, cool. the 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 original game plus the first expansion is free. Don't right. have to play a uh, pay a dime. To and it's play bigger than World of Warcraft two. now. That's that's interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, to be fair, it's a good game, but a lot of that is also World of Warcraft shooting. Them well, so that, that World of Warcraft Blizzard have made some terrible decisions when it comes to that game. Even I stopped playing it. Like mm. I went back for a bit when. Um, the latest expansion came out, which is Shadowlands, and I was I felt so empty playing it. Really, like it didn't do anything for me, like at all. I actually was like, I'm not enjoying myself. And then, then my friend who who I play Will of Warcraft with, he was like, mm. Why don't we just give Final Fantasy 14 a go? Mm. I was like, Oh, I don't play Final Fantasy. It's all it's a weeb game, you know. It's it's all people running around as you know weebs as Japanese What's like that? fans what doing their mean? own anime fan, you know. Oh. stuff but i was really wrong i was utterly and you were wrong you don't hear that often from you rich wow no it was a it's i've loved <laughs> I it man. Like, i have i've it's almost brought me to tears the right the story and the writing and the characters really 
it's it's uh, <laughs> when, when I've been unsure of characters' fates, make me feel like you know pensive if I really? think someone's gonna like die, or whatever. It's really good because it's the weird thing with uh, Final Fantasy is it's not like an MMO. It's uh, an MMO RPG. It's more like an RPG MMO right. where the story and the characters kind of come first. Okay. Um, and, and then the multiplayer is is an is an added benefit where you can go do dungeons and raids with people. Mm. Whereas World of Warcraft is the other way around. World yeah. of Warcraft, everyone just skips through the story. No one really pays attention to the story. They just want to get to the the the, the dungeons, yeah, and the, the boss, and, like, and the raids, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Whereas Final Fantasy is like, oh no, 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 I want to play this for the actual story. Cool. Well, that sounds pretty cool, man. I mean, you know, that's. Pretty awesome ad there for Final Fantasy. If only they would sponsor the show and we could do more and more on that kind of stuff. Now it's time for spinning the wheel. Spin the black circle. Um, Let's get it over with. Forget about get it over with. I watched episode five. Can I just say I am enraptured with this show? And once again, you know, I was criticised coming in. People said my expectations were too high. I think Richie cast some aspersions that way. I'm loving it. And I said to Michelle before the show, I said, Michelle... Thumbs up or thumbs down for Wheel of Time. She gave it a big thumbs up, and I gave her a thumbs up back. And we're loving it. We're loving it here. Uh, now, where are you with it, Rich? Are you struggling? It's not struggling. It's just such a mixed fucking bag. Like I, I'll be honest with you, I kind of perked up a little bit when uh, what's the Tom Maryland? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Maryland. Because I was like, I was like, finally, someone who can act is on the screen. That's a real nice change of pace. It's like a weird. It's like a, it's a mixed bag. Sometimes I look, I'm watching it and I go, man, this looks really cool and feels really cool. Mm. And then there's other times where I go, man, this looks really fucking dumb. Like when they get to the, whatever those gypsy people are called. The tinkers. Yeah. And they look so stupid. It looks like, it looks well, like just, bad co- like uh, cosplay. They're just the little hippies feel. of the world, man. Yeah. But the, no, but my point is the dress and all that, it didn't, it doesn't look like a $10 million episode fucking production when it gets to these people so it this the the show kind of flips between wow that, that that's 10 million dollars and then other times where i go oh shit yeah that actually uh like with the episode was the end of episode three or start mm. of four where the um the guy uh, garland or something and he's attacking he, he believes himself to be the dragon yeah dragon lord or something yeah yeah, yeah the false dragon yeah yeah and and that looked really cool yeah, you know that that I was like, oh fuck! Now now I can see where some money was. But then I get then you flip to the gypsies, and I'm like, why does this look so trash? Why does it look they're so just cheap? Gypsies, man, they're the little hippies of the world, dude. What yeah, do you expect? But you, but you but again, you're spending money. It I like them. I, I I like them. The tinkers, they're so stupid and pathetic. But, but I don't like, have I, a, like I don't have a problem with them and their their silly leaf philosophy. <laughs> I'm talking about just the production value of the show when it gets to them, just looks really cheap. I, I hear what you're saying. I tell you what I like about it, and like this is sort of a backhanded compliment, and it's in episode five two where they go to Tarvalan, um, or they go somewhere, and, and there's like a medieval village. It's very medieval fair like, if you know what I mean. Like I I enjoy it, I like it, but it it it's sort of it's not supernaturalistic. It's kind of like, you know, if you went to a medieval fair, you'd expect it to be sort of dressed up or kind of almost disney a little bit. Um, there's just something about it. I like it, though. I, I, I'm responding to it. I, to me, it's really like I'm reading the books, and he's massively descriptive. Like, at times I'm reading the books, and I'm like, wow, it's like this guy saw into the future of games, and he's able to describe, like, really 
you know, in the games, how detailed, like, an Assassin's Creed, like, the rooms and stuff are. He's he's really a descriptive writer, and I'm finding that the show, at times, is a bit like that. Like, I don't know, I'm, I'm digging it, but I, I like the storyline as well. I think it's cool how it's kind of his riff on the Tolkien structure, but he takes it to some interesting places. Um, I read the first book 30 years ago, like, so three decades ago. And I don't. I recall the bigger picture of it all, and I'm reading the second book now. But all the ins and outs of it all, um, I don't remember. So I'm, I'm loving it. Like, did you spot that dark friend? Did I spot the what? The dark friend. You know, the dark friend who who betrayed them when they when they turned up at the little village. You know, the chick who was the barmaid or the bar owner. Yeah, I didn't quite get that. Well, she was a dark friend. Yeah, just yeah. Yeah, that kind of like came out of nowhere. It was really weird. Well, she was she betrayed them, Rich. I know, but I, I kind of feel like there was no foreshadowing or anything like that. Like there wasn't any. I don't know. Like I kind of feel like that just really just came out of nowhere. Like, like they didn't make you kind of you know like sometimes you want to give people a sense of yeah. Hmm. Like I didn't get anything. All of a sudden, I'm just like, oh, you know, she's just a typical barmaid kind of thing, you know. And then just poof, out of the blue, yeah. He's like, you know, kicking ass and wielding a sword and shit and all that. I was just like, okay, well, that took a took a weird left turn. But it was fine. I don't have a problem with it. Mm. I think it's weird that she happened to be there the whole time working as a barmaid waiting for them. That was a bit... Uh, they, didn't, they didn't quite explain Well, she was the bar owner, sense. I think. I think she was the bar owner, man. Yeah, but that, my point is, like, how, like, if she's been waiting for them, how the fuck would you even know? Well, like, she's, a, she's a dark friend. Like, she's not just waiting for them. She's wait. She's waiting for anything to betray to the Dark Lord, to the Dark One, and it just so happened these people crossed a path. So she's just in general on the side of the shadow. As I said, I don't think they did a good enough job explaining that. Um, for, again, you you can be like, oh, this is what it means because of the book. Yeah, but that's not good enough for me if I'm watching a show. Well, they've mentioned the Dark One about a thousand times, dude. Yeah, but no, but I'm talking about like how she can just be there and like. So what, she's the only person in that town? No one else was there working? Like she says, we're everywhere. Yeah. So you don't have a backup there? You don't have a, well, a that, second person that, helping that you know. or something like that? I don't I just It's just not clearly defined. Okay. Um, uh, but I think the worst thing I can say about the show beyond the acting of some of the people and all that sort of stuff, mm. which, by the way, I just think is, especially the young, the four cast... The, yeah, the I just think, I think their acting is quite atrocious. I feel like they're trying too, too hard. You know, like when when it gets some of the better actors, like the the guy that plays what's his name, Tom Tom Middleton or whatever Tom, his Tom name Maryland is, like he or just, something. Yeah, yeah, he seems more natural. Mm. Like he's just talking in his natural voice. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I feel like this. I feel like I would respond more to this if I didn't feel like they were putting on. Yeah, I would have preferred if they just spoke a bit more normally, so that they could just act instead of trying to focus. I've got to say my, you know, I've got to say it like this, or you know, again, it's that Tom Holland thing where you try and so hard to be something that you forget to act or it makes it harder to act where he was talking about that. I feel like this is the problem with the show with some of the younger actors. But my biggest complaint is the magic is so fucking dull. Uh, that I agree. Magic you know what? I agree with so you on that. Dull. I agree with you on that because magic is a big part of Wheel of Time and I think that they could do more with it. Like it's very... It's just this wispy white, black, black and white, like smoke ring. Like, you know, like... Yeah, it, it's it's so dull, man. I want to see like fucking, you know. I want to see magic. I want to see mm. like symbols and arcane crap. 
Imagine yeah. airbending. I don't want to see airbending. That's what it feels like. It's airbending. Yeah. I, I hear you, man. I, I don't disagree with you on that. That's note. what I said. Like, I don't, like, this show's not terrible. I'm not, it's certainly watchable. Mm. But there's just, it's, it just seems to seesaw for me. Yeah. We sometimes sit and go, oh, oh, maybe, oh, and then it goes back and I go, and then it just, just find between, you know, now that I've got four episodes under my belt. Yeah. I just, I just, I feel like I'm on a seesaw. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's, it's I'm really again. liking it. And then something like that, I go, oh, oh that's terrible. And then, oh, I'm liking it. Terrible. And I just feel like I'm going on this weird seesaw ride. No, I, I do hear you, Rich, uh, in terms of the seesaw. Look, I'm not giving it 10 out of 10, and I do do especially agree with you on the magic. I think that for such an important part of the show, the magic really feels like they've done a very cheap rendition of magic, probably because there's so much of it, and they want to sort of, I'm assuming, tie themselves to a fairly inexpensive kind of visual effect. But um, but, you, but you're spending ten million dollars per episode. I mean, if you're not if you if you're all in, mm. then be all in. Like yeah. the show is about magic. That's yeah. that's literally the most important part of your show. I mean, the show is literally about the the whole crux of your thing is magic. Yeah, yeah. These isodyne whatever they are in their silly little red, green, and blue outfits, the, like some Power Rangers. Well, that's um, just that's just how it's split up, Richard. Like you don't need to. Mm. You know, you don't need to bag out on the entire thing. Like, that's... that's no, no, that's no. Now. I don't have a problem them being split up as to, like, more warrior class. You know, this. But to actually be fully kitted out in red, blue, and green, <laughs> like some weird children's thing, is a bit childish, I think. Right. Okay, so you're... you're, like you, you're you could still be well. in different factions and maybe have a little bit of green in your outfit or, or, or something, but it doesn't have to be full-on head-to-toe green. And well, red and blue—that I just feel is—it's so, so people know what the they nose. are. It's so how people know what they are. Oh, <laughs> so they know they're a red ajar or a green ajar or a brown ajar or well, a blue ajar. I was I was just thinking Power Rangers. Right. Well, you know, but I mean, but anyway, that that is. I think some of it they're taking from the books pretty strongly. Like I'm not sure how it's being received by fans, but I will say this: it's beating Hawkeye. Um, apparently in in ratings. Oh, that's a low bar. Well, it might be, but could this? You know, it, it, it's a big success for Amazon though. This Wheel of Time thing, it's 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 doing well for them. Um, and I mean, I'm, I really hope it continues because I want to see, you know, more of it. Basically, um, you know, my stance. Unless you release numbers, I don't care what you say. Not you. I don't care what Amazon says hmm. until you release numbers. I don't believe you. Oh, I believe it's popular. I mean, you can tell from the buzz as well, Rich, and like how much traction. I don't know, man. There's a lot of mixed. Uh, there's a lot of mix on the. Uh, from what I've seen, some people who feel like they're rushing too much with, uh, through the books and the source material. There's some people saying that they're making. Sorry, too many changes. Mm. So it's it's not a it's not it's not a oh my god everyone loves it all the it's there, sure. there's still a bit of mixture. Yeah. In in terms of like yes no and all that sort of stuff. So now again that that's got nothing to do with the ratings. Talking again, but unless you're releasing something, and unless you want to tell me, oh, we had 15 million people tune in, then I don't really care if you say it's successful because what's the metric then? What's the bar? I don't know. How do we know? How do we know what your shows are doing that we can say yes, you are correct. That is. That's doing gangbusters because yeah. it's, 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 you can say, oh, a lot of people watched it. Okay. I'm sure they did, mm. but what's your bar? What's your, what's your, what's your metric? 
Well, the streamers never really release numbers. Uh, it's very rare that they. Oh, but they do when it, when it's truthful, though. Occasionally, they might do something, but like they, if they something is truly successful, they'd be like, "We had fifteen million eyeballs on this," and you'd be like, "Ah, oh, okay, so it really was successful." <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, look, all I'm hoping for is another season. Um, and, oh and no, 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 you're getting another season because I believe the second season has been greenlit already. Okay, Whether well, you get a third season is going to be the is going to be the trick. Yeah, and I mean, like at Amazon, obviously they'll you know they've, they've spent a lot of money on this. Apparently, nothing like the money they spent on Lord of the Rings, though. Lord of the Ring. People were complaining. I saw on Facebook about how much money is being spent on Lord of the Rings compared to this. But I, I think they're doing all right with the budget. I think I, I think I have a um, I think I have a reason for that. Well, just the recognition of Lord of the Rings, I would say, is the biggest reason. No, 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 not really. Uh, I think it's because I think with Wheel of Time, maybe they have a little freedom. They have what? A little bit more freedom. Yeah. In in or, or control of the show. Like I feel like with the the Tolkien estate, yeah, I, I think there's few there's more restrictions, so they're kind of being like, ah, look, it's got name recognition, we'll do it, but I think our flagship will be the the Wheel of Time because we've got a little bit more, we've got a little bit more control mm. with that. But they're spending a lot less on Wheel of Time than Lord of the Rings. That's that's the thing. Lord of the Rings they're spending per episode apparently a ton more, like a big ratio more on on Lord of the Rings. To Wheel of Time. Well, I thought you said it was the other way around. No, no, no. It's Lord of the Rings. They're spending a lot more. Like, uh, so who was complaining about that? Uh, Wheel of Time fans. On, oh, okay. Sorry, I thought it was the opposite way. I thought Lord of the Rings fans were complaining that uh, Wheel of Time was getting more money. No, we'll, uh, the other thing is Lord of the Rings is apparently going to be the most expensive TV show ever made. So, you know, that's an extremely high bar. I think Wheel of Time... Uh, are making good use of their budget. I, I, I do. I, I have said this before. I do feel there's a medieval fair feel about it. Like it does feel like constructed, but I'm kind of enjoying that. Um, and I would agree with you 100 percent that the magic could look a lot better. Um, that would be my one thing where I think like video games do it a lot better. So why can't they do it a lot better in inside a show? Like it's all special effects, you know. Um, so anyway, yeah. we'll, we'll see. We'll, well see. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. So that's it for still, still a mixed bag for me. Yeah. Whereas I'm giving it so far an eight out of 10. I'm really enjoying it. Now you pointed this out to me, which something today, which my dad is actually very thankful for. And, uh, I'm thanking you for my dad, the Jack Reacher trailer. Oh, I loved it, man. I'm excited now. I'm more excited for this show than the Wheel of Time show. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, I'm pretty excited for this show too. Now, I noticed the guy who plays Hawk from Titans. He's... Alan, Alan Richson, I think his name is. Right, yeah. And I mean, great casting for Jack Reacher. Oh, my God. He looks the part. Yeah, he does. Like, he does. If, if if you've ever read a Jack Reacher novel, like, he is lit. It's, it's like Jack Reacher out of the page. He's big. Yeah. He's beefy. You know, it was... Look, as much as I liked those Tom Cruise movies, it was a bit farcical how people were carrying on about, like, oh, my God, like, uh, you know, oh, who could kill a woman at one punch? And, like, oh, when you see him, and then you see Tom Cruise, and you're like, why would I think Tom Cruise could <laughs> could kill a woman with one punch? Like, sure, yeah. So, but, no, it looks really good. I was, um, I was very uh, impressed and quite hopeful about the, the show. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I, I thought it looked good, and um, it's based, I think, on the first book, isn't it? Killing Floor? Um, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, 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 I believe it is, yes. Yeah, so what, what one of the books I read, actually. Uh, I, I like Jack Reacher uh, books. I think they're fun. 
Um, yeah, so it'll, it'll be interesting. So my dad thanks you, Richard, for that actually too, because because he was really yeah. happy. The only downside is we've got to wait till February. That's not that far away. It feels like ages when you see a trailer. <laughs> oh, well, you know, you can hang on till then. You got wheel of time till then. You got spin the wheel oh, till then. Yeah. Um, now you've got some news on this YouTube dislike thing. What what's going on, Richard? Because I'm on YouTube while we're talking. Yeah. So the yeah the dislike count is gone. Dude, I can see dislike. I'm looking at it though. That's the no, thing. No, no, no. You can see dislike, but you cannot see the number. Ah, right. I so see you can't saying. see how many people disliked a, a video. You can only see. How... Sorry, go go again. What did you say? You can see. You can't see how many people disliked a video, but you can see how many people liked a video. Gotcha. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. That that makes more sense because I was kind of confused by what you were saying but yeah okay so yeah well you know i don't know man what was the reason for removing it bullying or something wasn't it well because it hurts um a content creator's feelings <laughs> is that really like yeah yeah it, it makes them feel bad makes them feel bad jesus their shitty content makes me feel bad the fact that they've got these fucking stupid personas annoys me more than anything yeah, but what I find fascinating is a content creator can disable the likes and dislikes on their video anyway. Right. So if they feel like people are like bullying them or whatever, they can just disable it. Like, why do you have to take it off of everything? Why, why do you have to take the control away from from other people who are happy with it to, to whether they, you know, to see if people like or dislike or whatever? I don't know. The whole thing is stupid to me. The, you know why I, th- I, I, I personally think it's because a lot of stuff today is just getting downvoted to like oblivion. You know what right. I mean? Like that 2016 Ghostbusters or, mm. um, you know, uh, some show, whatever, like, like the Terminator, you know, like, I mean, I, I think that they were just like, Oh, everyone's hating all this stuff. We don't want people to see that everyone hates it. What was being the Terminator? What, what was like just it, like anything that like was coming out that people didn't like, like whether it be like the new heat, the masters of the universe that Kevin Smith shit or, mm. you know, Ghostbusters 2016, you, you were seeing these things getting downvoted into oblivion. Right. And I think that just made the, the people feel bad. So YouTube is kind of running interference. But what for... people? Like what, the studios? Well, yeah, the studios, the actors. Really? Uh, the, 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 the Hollywood elites, all that sort of stuff. And you feel know what, bad. Like, the know... only thing they feel is the money that they're making or losing. You know? No, like... trust me. I, they, 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 YouTube is, loves big corporations. Yeah. Like YouTube promotes sure. big corporations, like you know the like the the, the those um, the, the the actual news, CNN, all that sort of stuff. Right. Uh, you know Jimmy Fallon, whatever. So they're not actually promoting like independent content creators. No, yeah, they yeah they definitely who, who built not, the platform. I basically. watch a lot more Jimmy Fallon on YouTube than I watch ever on. But that's my TV, point. So yeah. they so those people are getting downvoted to oblivion, right? And that's the people who YouTube wants to keep happy. Yeah. Because that's who they're making money off of or yeah. are, are, are friends with. And so, well, we'll just disable the dislike button so that people can't so people can't see if everyone hates a Jimmy Fallon uh, segment or, mm. you know, or something like that. That's why they've done it. Like, that's the only reason they could have done it. Sure. Yeah, well, they are in the pockets of corporates. That's for sure. I mean, there's a ton yeah. of advertising. Well, that's, yeah, that's what I mean, who they're doing it for. That's the day. Gotcha. Right. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of corporate... Uh, advertising on YouTube. That's how they make their money. So, yeah, interesting. 
Um, so anyway, uh, now, the Spider-Man producer, Amy Pascal, says a new trilogy with Tom Holland is in the works after No Way Home. Um, so, yeah, essentially, it's going to continue, Rich. Uh, I actually am excited that it continues. I know you're well, not too hot on the actor. To, to be fair, they need the next three to introduce Miles. That's not the only reason they're doing three more, dude. Yeah, it is. It is. No, it's not. It's it's yeah. it's not the only reason they're doing three more. They want to eight. They want to sort of continue on what has been a very successful Spider Man for them. Yeah. Okay, buddy. We'll 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 do the bet now. We'll do the what? And and we'll do the bet now. Right. And then we'll see in the next ten years mm. if by movie five mm. they introduce uh, Miles and then Miles takes over. Uh, after six, well, they they could definitely introduce him. I you know, but I I don't see he'll, he'll take over after six, or even maybe, maybe even share six, and then he he continues the Spider Man number seven. That that's my prediction right now. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't. I I, I question definitely introduce him. I'll introduce him for sure. And why not? Like he's a member of the Spider Verse. They can they can do a lot more stuff than they've done though. For me, I always feel these films barely scratch the surface. So at least we're going to get three more, and we can introduce more rogues as well. Like we can we can have Black Cat, we can have Craven, you know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. There's all these villains they can use, um, you know. And I'm looking forward to that just as much as I'm looking forward to um, Miles. I'm also looking forward to Ghost Spider. They can I be honest? With you, if you if you don't believe that Miles isn't taking over after number six, and you're going to still get Peter Parker Spider-Man, I, I think you are crazy. Well, I mean, I'm happy to put a bet on that I think that they'll reboot it at some point with Peter Parker again. I okay. definitely we'll think... Take, we'll, we'll, we'll take that bet. All right, well, let's... So what's the bet? I mean, I, I'm quite confident I'll win this My bet. My bet is after the six movies, Peter Parker, they'll, they'll then make a whole bunch of movies mm. with Miles Morales as Spider-Man set in the, uh, the MCU... Sony, whatever. And no Peter Parker, because I'm saying they might do both. No Peter Parker. Peter Parker will exit in the sixth movie. Yeah, for how long? For uh, until maybe they're not making any money or maybe they realize they've made a mistake. But maybe that could be three or four movies down the track. Oh, fuck that. I'll take the bet. Like, I'll say he won't be gone for more than one movie. Okay, that's the bet. All right, that's the lunch. We'll, 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 have we'll a lunch probably be in our sixties to, to yeah. Like I'm not there. even I'm not even hundred percent sure on the bet, but like fuck it, let's lock it in. Um, what I think they will do, just so we're clear, I think they'll definitely introduce him, but I don't think he's like screaming out as this like you know must be seen character. I, I would say Spider Gwen or Ghost Spider, um, Silk. There's a lot of Spider Verse characters that could potentially It'll, get introduced. It will be Miles Morales. Not again. They will introduce him, but my my argument, my bet, is mm. that they will get rid of him, mm. Peter Parker, after the sixth movie. You know, just like just like Marvel is doing with with all the characters now. Mm. You know, like I guarantee you, after Thor: Love and Thunder, I guarantee you it'll be female Thor. Chris Hemsworth will be flying off into yeah, the sunset. Yeah, I, I don't see. I don't agree. I mean, look, I don't think that. I don't really th- like honestly, especially in terms of female thought, I don't think that has the legs to carry it too far. Uh, I think Miles Morales has more legs than Lady Thor, really. I think Lady Thor's moment has come and gone almost. Like, well, you know, a lot of th- w- w- that will determine this too is how the box office reacts. 
Like the second one of those Thor movies bombs. Yeah, I don't feel like Hollywood actually learns that though. Like, because if you look at how they keep pushing stuff that doesn't make money or whatever, just because it's the right message or whatever, like, I'm sorry, like Hollywood doesn't seem to be led by the the Benjamins anymore. Dude, like, like Hollywood just doesn't seem to learn from that. Like back in the day, yeah, so if Hollywood made a bad movie, they'd be like, oh, we're not fucking doing that again. Mm. But yeah, they're like, no, just keep going, keep going. <laughs> just like, well, just that's how the comics are now. Yeah, maybe it doesn't the matter comics. if they've made a mistake, they will, they will keep on with a character or a book mm. until it is literally like dead which could be like 10 15 years of them just really pushing but the comics aren't the movies no, no, no. there's a lot more at stake with a movie than a comic you know i i, I don't know i i don't think you're going to see too many lady thor movies she'll be yeah she's going to be in this one and she might be in my, one more. my prediction is at some point the avengers will be miles morales kamala khan um Kate be. Bishop, Hawkeye, um some of those characters I don't mind, but but like when it's just all of them together, like no thanks, you know. No, it, that that will be. That's what the I guarantee you will be heading towards them as the Avengers. Right. Like I don't think the MCU is interested in in rebooting. Right. I think they're just interested in let's just keep going, mm. um, with the newer, younger characters. Sort of to the bitter end kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at some point they will, but I'm just saying they're going to ride it in. Just keep going and going and going until one day they wake up and their movies are bombing. Basically, you think? I think so. Yeah, it's possible. It's nothing's nothing you're saying is impossible. And, I mean, it's and it might impossible. be sooner than they think because if the Hawkeye's in indication, I think maybe people are like marvelled out. Yeah. You know, not 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 there yet, but I think they get in there. I'm, I I I certainly haven't watched Hawkeye yet, and I like Hawkeye, but you know, you know, the problem is. I loved that um, that fraction run, but it feels like it was like ten years ago. Like you know, it was. I, I loved it, and it was influential in comic books, and it pushed Marvel forward at a certain point. Like it was great writing, and it was great artwork and everything, but it was like a long time ago, and and my enthusiasm is really dull, you know. Yeah, and can I, yeah. can I give you an update quickly on on the the, the Hawkeye um uh, uh thing with the, the posters and all that sort of stuff? Sure. Matt Fraction has been heavily involved in this TV show. Okay. All right. So I'm just saying uh, the guy who worked with the artist has been in heavily involved. That is a surprise. He's, he's complaining about not getting paid. You'd be like, it seems like it was okay by your buddy Matt Fraction. <laughs> well, this is a surprise. Matt Fraction's got a TV background and uh, he has TV development deals, so it makes sense but that I'm, he would be... But in... my point is, yeah. if Matt Fraction owns, say, more of that Hawkeye story and those characters, mm. he's clearly given the okay to use the the covers. It's interesting that um yeah. Or or he's or he who's worked on the books has made that decision. Mm. So he, the guy's screaming at the Hollywood execs, maybe you should be screaming at Matt Fraction. Yeah. Interesting. For, um, for, for not looking out for you if you feel like you should have got paid. I just thought I would throw that in there because I just found that out. Is there any update the on is there any update actually on the David Ajar stuff? No, no. I doubt it will go anywhere. As I said, if Matt Fraction owns most of it or is considered the the creator of that Hawkeye and the Kate Bishop and the the stories, he's clearly given the okay for the the, the to recreate the posters or the covers um for the live action. 
I don't think we can pin it all on Matt Fraction, though. Like, I mean, he's I'm only, just saying, he's he's only evolved, a, consul- so he's a, he's only a consulting he... producer, dude. I, I've been looking up what you've been talking. Like, he he's got uh, a, he's got a, he's got a producer credit, but I don't think Matt Fraction's making all the fucking calls. I've heard that he's got no. I've heard he's been in heavily involved in the show, not just uh, given a. But don't you feel this is part of the? Don't stuff. you feel this is part of the problem though? That like instead of addressing the extremely poor business practices of the big two and dealing with the corporate structure, instead the direction of the fucking online abuse seems to be directed at the creatives themselves. Whereas it's like, why do you take it up with the people who are actually writing the checks? Which is Disney. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is that if he knows how to... Buddy. Sorry, you, 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 sorry you just cut out the end. Can you start again from when you said if he knows how difficult? Well, if Matt Fraction knows how difficult it is to get money or get paid, he did clearly did fight very hard for his, his uh, artist buddy. Yeah, but I have a problem or, with that. Or, I, even, or even give him a heads up that they were using it. Well, yeah. But I have a problem with that where we're diverting it onto the creatives who've, who've managed to get a producer. It. I'm not saying he's responsible. I'm just saying it's interesting. Yeah, well, that my... everyone's going like, oh, they stole his artwork. They stole his artwork or whatever, mm. which, by the way, they didn't because they own it. But I just think it's funny that the actual writer what? Is, is, yeah. is actually being... Uh, consulted and talked to, and is actually from the rumors I'm hearing heavily involved in the show. Hmm. I think it's very, I think it's very strange. Is all it is. It is odd that they don't cut a check to the artist, who's as a bigger part of that Hawkeye book. I mean, they, they, both of them should should cut a check. Like the poor business practices of the big two and of Marvel and Disney in particular are extremely poor, um, and. I, I again I say they should unionize they should have more of a united front rather than let this happen which is where they divert the storyline dude they divert the, they divert the pressure so they have the creatives fighting amongst themselves that's what they've always done they've done that for 50 60 70 not, years well again unless they leaked it it's not Disney that came out and said that or Marvel dude, that came out and I'm said, very well, actually, Matt positive working on, someone just pointed out yeah. when they were looking at um, people that were working on the show and that he'd been on, he's been on set a lot and all that. That someone just on the inside pointed that out. It wasn't a, but, a press release. But don't or you don't well, you actually, realize though that is exactly that is exactly what Disney want. That is exactly what they want. It they, might be what they want, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they did it though. Not no, but but they... dude, I the corporate structure loves the fact if they could get the creatives fighting amongst each other for the pennies they throw at them, rather than cut decent checks, which is what they should do. They act in extreme. I'm yeah. just saying, Matt Fraction, if he's working on the show, should have done more for his buddy. Yeah, maybe, but maybe he didn't have that power as well. We don't know. Like, I'd love to get, if I had Matt Fraction on the show, I'd ask him. Like, you know, this is I'd ask him that exact question. I think it's an interesting question, but I refuse to believe. I don't that, think you know, Brubeck and all that had that much power, but they still put up a stink about it. What do you mean? To get people paid, get people royalties. I mean, yeah. I'd, I, I've heard nothing about him even putting up a stink about it. Well, exactly. I mean, different people. Channel, so that's my point. I'm just saying he might not have the power. It doesn't put up a bit of a stink. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know his situation. I, I do know that he and his wife had a TV deal, um, but I've seen very little come out from them with their name on it, like during the clearly course of that deal. Clearly, he's keeping his mouth shut, not getting involved because he does his deals. Yeah, Brubaker has a different career path, though. Brubaker has actually been based out in Hollywood and been on successful shows and had a show greenlit, and he worked in, in writers' rooms and stuff, and he's forged a very, very successful, I'd say a much more successful independent career than Matt Fraction, uh, you know, as in he constantly has books out in print. Matt Fraction 
he's not prolific like he used to be. He's he he's not produced anything like the same level of quantity or quality. So yeah, maybe he's more in the pocket of Disney. I would one hundred percent believe that. Like Rubeka took a very adversarial approach, which I liked actually, because I think that's what it takes when you're dealing with these people. They need these kind of these kind of arguments. They need people who can afford to take positions like that, and Brubaker clearly could. He's like, I'm not getting a, a fair deal. I, I don't need their money, but I want their money. But, I, you know, I've got a career outside of their work. I'm in a position where I can make these comments, and he did. And I, and I think it was, I think it's pushed the conversation on. I'm glad that these arguments are happening, and I would again say that the, they should be directed at the corporate people writing the checks, not amongst the creatives, because that's how they've always... That's how they've divided them for 50, 60, 70 years, Rich. That's exactly yeah, my, how no, they've done it. But my point is, it, again, it doesn't work if you don't actually stick together. If well, one that's... of you gets a, gets a deal and all that, then you're like, well, I'm because I don't want to lose something. Well, then you'll, you'll never accomplish anything. I think they'll get there. I, I, yeah, I, well, I, that's why I've said, I, like, I'm not even that pro-union, but I definitely think these comic writers and artists should have unionized, like, fucking 50 years ago. I'm, I'm staggered they haven't. And I think now there's a lot of push at the moment for animation writers and people involved in animation to get much better deals. Um, you know, don't forget these companies making this stuff are making fucking shitloads of money off it. So why not pay the creatives like something? Like why not grind them for some cash? Because they've certainly got it. Um, yeah, but anyway, I, I also, like on a personal note, I loved Hawkeye with Matt Fraction, David Aja, and Annie Wu as well. I loved that series. I've got both hardcovers. And I just, for me, I just haven't summoned up the enthusiasm to watch it. Now, I'm sure I'll probably enjoy it. Um, I mean, I like Kate Bishop, and I like, uh, I like um, whatever his name is, Clint Barton as characters, and I like the actresses and actresses involved. So I'm sure I'll enjoy it, but I, it just hasn't been on the top of my list. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I guess I thought they looked a little. I mean, wasn't probably the best picture, but I did think the the purple did look a little bit goofy. Yeah, on who? On on on, on both of them. Yeah, like again, sometimes you know, uh, you know, purple is very hard to pull off. Mm. I think they maybe could have darkened the purple a little bit. Yeah, good point, man. Good point. Yeah, the thing with me, Rich, uh, like honestly, I think I am suffering a bit of Marvel fatigue specifically and like when i think of the loki show i really did watch that quite excited with michelle but like we haven't even considered turning on hawkeye and yet we will watch it over the christmas break but i do think i've got a bit of fatigue like i'm starting whereas i'm looking really forward to spider-man uh just some of maybe it's just sheer quantity that they've put out like do you think that could be part of it I think it's quantity. I think it's um, variety. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like the problem is, is because it's all the same. Yeah. You you don't feel like you're getting anything new or different. You know, like back in the day when we didn't get a lot of movies, right? But you used to get quite a a number of different types of cartoons. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like the Spider-Man cartoon maybe felt a bit different from the X-Men cartoon. Sure. You know, um, then felt different from like an Avengers, but it did, you know what I mean? But you felt you were getting something a little bit different. Mm. I think that's what they need to do is, yeah, look, you've got, you know, you, it, I think they've made the universe too big. 
you reckon? The, 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 the cinematic universe, right? Because I kind of feel like maybe people just want also something a little bit different. You know, maybe they want a different uh, type of storytelling or cartoon or show that it's based on Marvel, but maybe not necessarily in that yeah. universe with those characters. The sort of samey feel of it all. You know, yeah, or, or or you know, and or maybe some a little bit more comic booky. Yeah, you know, like like an Avengers one with all of them in the more comic accurate, mm. you know, outfits. Like I, I really enjoyed back in the day the uh, uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes and oh yeah, uh, hell yeah, and the I Avengers one was that what called it was called M- Avengers Assemble. And no, I didn't like. I didn't actually like that one. Earth Earth Mightiest Heroes, I enjoyed too. That was good. yeah. Earth Mightiest Heroes was the one. Which was a little bit more cartoony. Oh yeah, they they directly would do storylines from the comics that I hadn't even read. Yeah, but I really enjoyed. That's my point. Like maybe they should diversify their portfolio. Is what I'm saying when it comes to like stuff on the Disney Plus and all that. Maybe it doesn't all have to be centered around this MCU. But also, couldn't some of it just be animated? Like I would, I would love a lot more animated product. Um, it just feels. I guess, but I, I just, but as I said, the problem is, is you can't do too much in this world because you want to keep things for the, the movies as well. Mm. So that's what I'm saying. Maybe go do a different Spider-Man or a different Avengers where it's different. Yeah. Where it's not tied into the MCU so you can go tell these really grand stories and have different things happen to the characters and stuff and all that. Mm. No, I hear you, man. That's a good point. That's a good point, dude. Um, Now, Blade's Marshala Ali says Snipes, Wesley Snipes, still owns the role. I look forward to earning it is is Marshala Ali's comment. Um, interesting comment. Um, I think he's saying all the right things, though. He's showing a bit of respect to Wesley Snipes, and yet he's also saying, like, ready for the role. I think that's the right thing to do in terms of the fans and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's a good um, middle-of-the-road yeah. PR-friendly comment, sure. Well, <laughs> indeed. Well, it, it, it's put Wesley in a, in a decent mood, for once, about the whole thing. Like, he's, um, <laughs> you know... <laughs> He hit yeah, he, uh, Wesley hated that third movie. Yeah, there was it was it was a torture production from from the sounds of things. Um, now this is interesting. Star Wars: A New Hope's Mark Austin, who played Boba Fett in the special editions, slammed Disney for renaming Slave One to Fire Spray. I think it was the rename, which was pathetic. Um, so he came out very strongly, Rich. Yeah, well, I mean, um, a, a lot of long-time Star Wars fans did. Yeah. Because, you know, um, you know what, people go, oh, it was never officially in the movies. And it's like, yeah, but that doesn't matter because for 30-odd years, yeah, the history continued in the novels and the comics. Yeah. And for, for a lot of people, for the last 30 years, it's been Slave Ship 1. It has. Slave 1, yeah. You know, so... Um, well, I think it's actually called Slave Ship One, but it, it's called Slave One for short. Right. Okay. Uh, so I can understand why people would be annoyed because that has been, you know, that that's been the name, officially or not. Yeah. You know, and and technically, you know, George signed off on a lot of the stuff in the in the in the novels and the comics. Mm. You know, again, his only direction was, uh, he, he, you know, it's got to be run through him. Mm-hmm. But. Um, but he reserves the right to obviously change anything. Yeah, sure, which you know, is fair. It's not actual canon, but, you know, he okayed it and all that sort of stuff. So for a long, for a long, long time, it was Slave 1. And didn't he have a big board or something where it had all the different canon and everything? 
Wasn't there some? Well, so there was there was two. George only had two rules when it came to that. No one could uh, uh, do a Yoda origin, mm -hmm. and no one could do anything with the planet Dagobah. Right, really. That was his only two things. That's just why you've never ever had a novel about like a young Yoda or, or Yoda's origins, and mm -hmm. you've never had um, any comic basically uh, uh, giving you the origin or why Dagobah is so important or why Yoda chose Dagobah. Okay, that's interesting. Um, yeah, anyway, but it was funny. This guy really went on a big rant. Um, I don't think Disney will be home anytime soon. He was really going off. Apparently, he went down to DMV and tried to change his license place to Slave 1, and they said no. <laughs> so which is, which he was like which I get but no, that's, he... that's no but that's disrespectful that's Boba Fett that's the original Boba Fett he should be able to and if anyone pulls him over and say bro I'm the original Boba Fett and they'll be like yeah. I understand well he's not Fair the original enough. the original was Jeremy Bullock who 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 is in the Boba Fett outfit this is the guy who played him in the special editions that that, that George did in oh, the oh yeah that's right that's right because the other uh, he didn't he he died recently, didn't he? He did die recently, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so, um, yeah. yeah, he died in the last couple of years. But no, this is the But different... it doesn't matter, he still played Boba Fett. So he, he did, can, yeah. He, he can have Slave 1 on his, on his license plate. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh, now, Kobe Smulders is bringing Maria, Maria Hill back for Disney Plus' a Secret Invasion show. I actually am looking forward to Secret Invasion a lot more than Hawkeye. Um, obviously, this is very, very non-surprising news. Obviously, Samuel L. Jackson's going to be in it. Uh, she's playing Marie Hill. I think she always did a good job. She's a good actress. Um, people are saying surprising news. This wasn't surprising to me, Rich. What about you? It's news. Yeah, it's news. But would you describe it as surprising news? Uh, I mean, maybe a little bit. I never felt like her character was that interesting or special or or necessary, honestly, in the movies. Right. But, I mean, you know... Like, she did a decent job, and she's a high-profile actress, you know, blah, blah, blah. So. Oh, hang on, hang on. Let's not go that far, man. Okay, I, I understand how you met your mother was popular, but I wouldn't exactly call her a high-profile actress. Oh, she's done pretty well for herself. She was in um, the the show uh, Stumptown, um, and How I Met Your Mother was massive. She's a pretty well-known actress. A lot yeah, of she has, she has not carried any movie or by herself of her quote-unquote star power, so I don't, I'm sorry, she's not some high-profile actress. As a TV what, actress, what movie? What movie has she led? I, I wouldn't have a clue if she's done any. She's more of a TV actress. Well, again, you you, you have to have a, you you can't just have one under your belt at that young age. Stumptown. You've got to go on to do other things. Stumptown. Oh, I never even heard of that, mate. That's the, it's based on the uh, Greg Rucker series that she did. She it was it was a really good little series that she did. Never heard of it. Well, we did, we covered it on Signal Stumptown. So clearly, you've got a bad memory because I me I've mentioned it before on. I've you may have mentioned it, it. I still don't know what it is. I'm looking up um, Kobe Smulders. Let's look at her IMDb. Let's let's go to the fucking record to see what she's been in. But but also she's been in fucking the Avengers as as like whoever she is, Maria Hill. So what yeah, about that? Lots of, lots of people have been in an MCU movie. Does not mean anything? Yeah. Okay. Let's have a look. I want to see Secret Invasion. Okay. American Crime Story. Uh, Stumptown. Uh, bit of Simpsons. She was in Spider-Man: Far From Home. She did some work in Arrested Development. Uh, she played the voice of Wonder Woman in the Lego Movie. Uh, she was in a TV series called Friends from College. She gets a lot of work, man. Like seriously, like she's in a lot of oh, stuff. No, whoa, 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 whoa! Hang on, hang on, Dave. She was hang in Jack on. Reacher, Never Go Back. She was in Jack Reacher, Never Go Back. Hang on, Dave. Yeah. 
You do not get to say that. What? Whenever I say someone works a lot, you'll be like, oh, fucking no, they're prime time. No, I don't care. I don't care. Oh, who cares about them? They don't work. I don't care if they've been in 20 things. They're not hope high profile. You can't say she works a Jack, lot and say, she's, she's and now in, say that, that, she's in... that, that that's a, a sign that she's high profile. Bullshit. Yes, it is. High Bullshit. profile. Amer- American yeah, crime more, story. More non-important actors have got a massive IMD page than the, the important actors. American okay? crime nothing. story. American crime story. Depends on how many episodes you do as well. She, American crime story. She did a lot of episodes. Stumptown. Uh, she was in Arrested Development. Uh, she was in Friends from College. You know, yeah. she's got a lot. She's done a lot of work. She was in a series of unfortunate events, the TV series from 2017. She was in Agents of Shield. She was in no. How I Met Your Mother for That's nine fine. years. That, she was in How I Met Your Mother. Okay, big fucking deal. Other well, people are more popular than her in that show. So I'm sorry. But, oh, she was pretty popular. She was pretty good in that show. Um, she's. I think she's reasonably high profile As for a TV actress. I can totally understand why she's been tapped on the shoulder to appear in Secret Invasion. It makes total sense. No, she's been tapped because she was in the Marvel movie. It's any reason, not because she's of her body of work. It is part of that. She's a popular character and popular actress. That's definitely a part of it, man. Kobe Smulders is a reasonably successful big star, man. She's, you know, popular. She's not She's not a has-been, washed-up relic. a reasonable, successful big star. She has had a good body of work inside the last 10 years that definitely, I guarantee she's earning a pretty penny. And, like, viewers like her. She was in How I Met Your Mother for nine years, and she was Maria Hill. Of course they're going to bring her a secret invasion. It's a fucking, it's a done deal. I'm not even slightly surprised. I'd be more surprised if she wasn't in it. Seriously, dude. I'm not saying her character's that great. Like, obviously it's not that great, but... The fact is that Samuel L. Jackson needs someone to play off, and it'll be her. That's it. You know, I hate, I hate to break the news to you. I, I don't know. I don't know if Sammy's going to be in the movie that much. Let's be honest. Samuel, it's a TV series. Firstly, and yeah, yeah. Samuel L. Jackson is that much. Samuel Jackson is definitely in it. I didn't say he wasn't in it. Mm. I said he wasn't going to be in it that much. Well, that would that would be interesting. Uh, we should have another bet about this. How many episodes? How many episodes is this fucking show? <laughs> what, like six, do you reckon? Well, put it this way. Whatever number there is, I reckon he'll be in... Half? One third. I think he'll be in it more than that. I'm just trying to find out how many episodes. So if there's eight episodes, he'll be in like three. Right. Eh, I don't know. The start, the middle, and the end. <laughs> well, according to IMDb, there's six episodes. According to IMDb, he's in all six, but you can't trust that because uh, that's just he's credited on that as saying six episodes. But before it comes out, so Amelia Clark's also in it, the chick who played, um, you know, in Game of Thrones, oh, God. Terminator Genesis. I don't mind her, man. Oh, so overrated. Olivia Coleman. Where do I know that name from? I feel like we've just seen something with her in it. Oh no, it's not. It's not who I was thinking. Okay, I don't I have no idea who that is. But oh god, Ben Mendelsohn's in it. He annoys me, frankly, as Talos. Um, yeah, I hope he's not in it too much. I hate that they've made the scrolls comedic. I really hate it. With ben pa- is it is it the Australian guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he, he plays the the scroll. You know how he's the yeah, scroll? yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I haven't seen the movie, but he also is in Rogue One. Yes, he is. Yeah, uh, you're right. the Kranich. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Yeah, you are right. He's in everything. Like, he's constantly in shit. Um, 
Well, we'll see, man. I, I, I think Samuel is going to be in 50% or more. You're saying a third. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Who's Amelia Clark playing? Has she been anyone in, in, in these movies? No, I think this will be her first. Unless, she, unless they introduce in Hawkeye, Hawkeye or some other show. Right. Hasn't been in and you're not a fan, are you, Rich? Judging from your reaction that I just heard. Oh, massively overrated. Yeah. Didn't like her in Solo? It's just a weird thing. Like, I feel like Hollywood, like... Again, the, the problem with Hollywood is they like to do a lot of stunt casting. Sure. But very rarely does it work out, right? Okay, yes, Game of Thrones is successful, right? So they're like, oh, let's put it in a bunch of movies, and all those movies fail. What was she in? Solo? She was... I, I think she's okay. I mean, she was Termin- in... Um, hang on. Terminator, Terminator Genesis. Genesis as Sarah Connor. I liked Terminator Genesis. I, I agree oh. she wasn't fantastic, um, but I quite liked the movie. But yes, it didn't do well. It definitely didn't do well. And yeah, Solo was a bomb as well, so she's in that bomb as well. Oh yeah, she's she hasn't had a lot of hit movies, if any, that I can think of. Um, no, but that's that's my point. But like, but but she just has a name because of Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, they, they like to cast certain faces, and she's definitely had. But I think people need to also. It's a weird thing because sometimes I I think uh, Hollywood forgets that people. People that love Game of Thrones, they don't necessarily love the actress right. or the actor. They love the character that they're playing. Sure. And a lot of the times they associate that person with the character. Yeah. But then when you put that act in another movie yeah. and they're playing something else, it doesn't necessarily mean that the that her all her fans from Game of Thrones yeah. are going to come there because they'll be like, no, that's not the character. You know, it, it, this, it's this weird thing of movies and TVs and stuff and all that. Like, I think... A lot more people associate um, actors with their characters, mm. yeah. and they love them, but they forget that they're not their characters. Oh, definitely, it's definitely part of it, man. But, but yeah. that's what or they're the, hoping for. Well, the for. connection is based more on the character than the actor, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's a like, mixture. I think a, a lot of people love Ryan Reynolds because in all of his movies he plays that goofball. Yeah, sure. And so they love Ryan Reynolds, the person, because of the Ryan Reynolds characters in the movies does play a certain kind of character like again, you know, again now i know he plays up a bit more he, he's not as bad in like live and that but i think again people are more they more love that shtick more mm. than maybe him as a person yeah well i mean as a person he's just an actor really so no no but but that's what i'm saying like the stunt casting doesn't really work a lot of the time because that's not what people love they don't love amelia clark they love her character from game of thrones Oh, definitely. I mean, well, look, put it this way as well, like, unlike Ryan Reynolds, who's been in so many movies and, you know, a lot have done well, she's really only been in one show that was massive, and then she's been kind of box office poison in most of her movies. But, you know, but that's the same with Chris Hemsworth. Like, I feel people love Thor. Mm. They love Chris Hemsworth's Thor. Mm. But they don't necessarily like Chris Hemsworth, which is why... Most of his movies bomb as well. Yeah, I mean, it depends. It's complicated. Like, it depends what movies they're doing. I mean, he was in that appalling 2016 Ghostbusters. He was in yeah, Rush. Yeah, but he was in uh, Heart of the Ocean, which was a bomb. He was in, uh, fuck, what's that movie called? Rush, I think it was. I which enjoyed didn't Rush. Do well didn't do well. At the, at, at the box office. You know, so my point is, it's like, oh, and the Men in Black. Yeah. Uh, stuff. So my point is, I just think, I think people just love characters on the screen mm. 
and obviously that's the look of the character. Chris Hemsworth Thor is their Thor. Well, that's what Marvel have worked out. Like the no, I know, but know. I'm just saying. I think Hollywood forgets that that doesn't always necessarily translate to box office with oh, that sort of. Definitely. Oh well, he's he's popular. When it's like no, 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 he isn't popular mm. as such. Thor is popular. It's like in the eighties. Eddie Murphy movies all made bank because everyone went to see Eddie Murphy, you know, for, for a period of 10 years. Yes, but, because Eddie Murphy was kind of playing Eddie yes. Murphy, the comedian. But but here's my point. I, back then, sliced alone, your people went to see the new sliced alone. They went to see the new one. As the years have gone by, the star power again and again has been proven to be wrong. I mean, you look at Will Smith's kind of latter half of his career. It's littered with bombs. Um, whether the movies are good or not, just it... Yeah, Hollywood realised at a certain point that star casting, which had kept them in business for many, many decades, wasn't working. Um, and Marvel clued in that it could get people to buy into this whole universe concept. And you, you know, Will Smith's problem, though, I believe, is it was when he stopped being Will Smith. Sure. Like, if you look at his early career, he's that he, he's kind of very similar character in a lot of the movies. Yeah, the fast talk, right? Charming. Yeah, whether of, yeah. whether it's the that terrible Wild Wild West movie, which still made bank, or uh, Men in Black, or you know, he's 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 kind of like Will Smith in these movies, but in his later career, he's almost playing a bit more serious. Yeah, he's type yeah, he's, type type characters. Like he's trying to be more stoic. He's, he's taken some serious roles. Yeah, I mean, he's you done know, well in some of them too, like Ali. No, 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 but, uh, no, no, but but no, no, no. But my point is. Yes, um, there's not going to be the exception to the rule, but look at people go to watch Denzel Washington to see Denzel Washington, sure, because he he acts a certain way. So you're not getting a character as much. You you kind of getting Denzel character Denzel Washington's performance in a movie. Do you know what I mean? It's the same. You watch Arnold Schwarzenegger not because of the characters he played, but because it was Arnold Schwarzenegger with his accent, yeah, and his one-liners and and his big dumb action movies. You know, yeah. and it would then be even funnier when he went to comedy because it's Arnold Schwarzenegger mm. in a comedy. But I think today, especially today, there's just something about the culture today where I think people are they are falling in love with actual characters and not actors. Yeah, I mean, I I agree, uh, but like that's at the end and of the day, and that's why the star power I think is is waning or dying is because people are not. They're not falling in love with the actors. They're falling in love with their characters. It's just screen. a change in the industry. It's not necessarily good or bad. It's just a changing viewing habits. Well, well it's, it's bad for Hollywood because it makes it hard to cast. Yes. If there isn't any star power anymore mm. that will guarantee bums in seats. Yes. It, from a studio perspective, it does make it a bit more of a crapshoot. But it's always been a bit of a crapshoot, like the box office game. You know? I mean, uh, it, kind of. But I would say back in the day, you had more successes with star power than losses you may have had the odd one but uh, let's say you made five movies and maybe like three or four that made bank well you kind of still won in the end because more were successful than bombs but now i think it's like now i think you may actually bomb more than be successful with like i mean you you go to wikipedia you go to wikipedia you go through sean connery's career or frank sinatra's career or dean martin's career or people like that you know they all had mishits you know, like they all went from project um, to project. Maybe, and look, it's it's early to tell, but a lot of their mishits still went on to be called classics. No, I'm just talking the box office, though. I'm just saying purely box office. They all, all of them, all of them had movies that didn't do well. And then they had movies that were absolutely massive, you know, like, and, and Star Power was definitely 
powerful back then. Like, you know, more powerful then was, like, because the studios really, really tried to build up the profiles of people. You know, that's how the studios ran back in those days. Um, they would just do constant press releases about people trying to build buzz. And I'm, I'm using people like Sean Connery, Frank Sinatra, and Dean Martin because they were established big, can't argue about it, superstars. You know, like they weren't supporting guys. They were big stars. But even them, you, you go through their Wikipedia, they did have, they, they'd have a project that wouldn't work out and then they'd rebound with a couple of oh, the, I, did in a row. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not saying Star Power was 100% guarantee. I'm just saying you had a, a bit more of a better 50-50 chance. No, I agree. I agree with you. You, you. you had like maybe a 65, 35 chance. Well, isn't what Disney have worked out and Marvel have worked out that they can build loyalty, loyalty into the audience? So that regardless of who played um, fucking, you know, Black Widow or Red Widow or Hawkeye or Kate Bishop, a certain amount of people will turn on and follow it because they want to stay engaged in the... Universe. Well, actually, I think maybe that is why Marvel doesn't do uh, recasting. Mm. I think it's because they realise, wait, no, 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 hang on, people associate Chris Hemsworth with Thor or Robert Downey Jr. with Iron Man. Yeah. And so that's why I think they are, are moving on to the newer characters. You know yeah. what I mean? Because they, I think they realise people associate that look or that performance with that person and therefore we have to introduce a new character mm. it's going to be interesting how it develops because it, 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 it's a work in progress it really is yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's certainly in an in-between phase where they're trying to figure out because they're trying to they're trying to create the new formula because as i said i don't think i don't think star power exists anymore with a lot of the the newer actors no mm. there's still some but i don't think there's really much i'd agree with you i'd agree with you there now richard you can live in your own home alone dream by renting out the Faye McAllister house. It's currently listed for $25 a night in the Chicago suburb of Winnicta and will be decorated in time for Christmas for $25 a night? Like, is this yeah, a... Yeah, but that's, but that's American dollars, eh? So that, well, that's I not mean, much more than ours, Rich. Well, bucks, no, so hang on. 35 Australian? If, if you consider with inflation in America right now, 25 could feel like a, a lot of money. Are you serious? $25. Think of what a hotel room would cost you and think of that house. Now, what I'm asking is, is it furnished inside? Like, is it a fucking crack house? If you're renting. Well, $25 is not much money to rent uh, that massive house, Rich. You remember the house from Home Alone? No, 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 no. Are they renting $25 for a house? That's what I'm saying. $25 a night. For the room, not for the whole house, surely. I don't know. I, th- it says, I think it says I think renting that would be out. Per room, Dave. It says not, renting not out the Fame McCall. Let's let's look into this, because I'm sorry, but that is a very cheap cheap deal. I've got a couple of friends in Chicago, Jimmy Terzis, and I've um, actually alerted him to this because I thought it'd be good to uh, McAllister Home Alone House. You can now book the McAllister Home from this Home Alone series this Christmas. Let's find out. It's just saying the house, man. It's opening its doors this month to guests via Airbnb. Um, yeah, it's all Christmas vibes. It's all decorated, everything. Uh, it's it's the property will be hosted by the elder brother Buzz McAllister. Uh, the f- f- the move has been made following the release of the Home Sweet Home Alone this season. Um. Da-da-da-da. 
they'll host a one-night stay for four guests at the McAllister House on December 12th for only $25. In honour of the first ever stay at the McAllister home, Airbnb will also make a one-time donation to Chicago's uh, Laribdia Children's Hospital. Is that twenty five for four or twenty five per person? Or does I don't it, know. It doesn't... I don't know. It just it, it seems to indicate one. The whole thing is twenty five bucks. It's obviously a promotional thing, you know. Um, well, that is very cheap. I mean, maybe they've worded it incorrectly. Maybe they it's meant to be twenty five per person. But even if it was, it'd still be very cheap. That's what I'm trying to tell you, Rich. Like, think about how much a hotel room would cost you, and then you've got this massive house. Like, you know. Like if you're on Airbnb, but on Airbnbs, like generally cheaper than hotels and all that. They can be, but that's still very cheap. Like if you could get twenty five dollars a night in a massive mansion in the states, you'd be fucking loving it. I'm telling you, man. Like that's crazy cheap. Like it's obviously a promotional thing. You know what I mean? Like I assume after this, they'll pump the prices right up there. I guarantee you'll be you'll be paying thousands of dollars, dude. Like that's what I would expect to get to get to get the access to this fucking house. Can you imagine, man? Like all the people who want to go in there during the Christmas season, this will be going for thousands of dollars next year. I'm telling you, twenty five dollars is outrageous. I don't know. I I could be wrong, but I would I would hope that more people like me and go. I don't give a shit tonight. No, but but that's the thing. Like, yes, there are people like you, but there's a lot of people who are that fucking high on the Kool-Aid of Christmas, like me, and, you know, if they have a big family, and, and you know, they it's a famous fucking house, and you get to go oh. in it, and they've all done it up, you know? But if you can't. It's only for four people. So if you're a big family... It's that's this, that's this year, man. I'm saying they're going to open this shit right up. You're seeing the start of what's going to be a big tradition, dude. This is going to be a big fucking tradition, man. I'm telling you right now. Look, they've done this to get the good press. People like me well, are going, I can't believe it. They're not going to be getting any new fans because their new movie was absolute shit. Yeah, but they've still got the original movie, dude, which was massive. And, you know, those fans that, that grew up with it have now got all kids of their own and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's it's like Christmas vacation, dude. You know? I'm it, just it, saying, if they're tying it to the new movie, that's like a stone. I know. Richard, you, you're determined to, to cast, you know, aspersions at my news tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to be. I. I, I mean, I, I. would fucking love to go to this house for Christmas and twenty five bucks a night. Like I'd throw the fucking money at them. Um. Okay. Moving on. Uh. George R. R. Martin was not happy with Game of Thrones direction after season five. Apparently. Uh. So yeah, he apparently had some real concerns about the direction of the series. Man, did you watch it, Richard? No, I had better things to do. <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> As first reported by Insider, Tinderbox, HBO's Ruthless Pursuit of New Frontiers, a new book by journalist James Andrew Miller, details how George R. R. Martin flew to New York to beg HBO to do 10 seasons of the show. He would fly to New York to have lunch with the former HBO CEO, Richard Plepler, to beg him to do 10 seasons of 10 episodes because there was more than enough material for it and to tell him it would be more satisfying and entertaining experience. I mean, I agree with George. Instead, they rushed it. And and look at what the last season was. Easily the worst season of Game of Thrones. Yeah, weird, weird to go beg them to do 10 seasons when you haven't finished the fucking series. Well, I mean, you know, obviously he has... But, but got well, maybe if you had finished the fucking story, they wouldn't uh, have gone in a different direction. 
Yeah. Well, I always wondered how many notes did he give them? You know? I, I always uh, wondered. Uh, look, I, I'm sure he gave them a lot. From my understanding from my friends who are fucking nuts about the show, mm. it was it was fairly faithful at the start. Yes. But I think when they realized, hang on a second, we we don't know where George is going with the story. Yeah. Because he hasn't finished it, so we don't know what the end point is. Maybe we should start weaving our own threads, mm. you know, or, or 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 moving them in different directions. Which you know, again, Walking Dead did that. It certainly did. You are right. Yeah. So you know, so look, hindsight twenty twenty. Yeah, they they made the wrong decisions, but they they could have made the right decisions because again, he never finished the goddamn book. Yeah, but but what what I find weird is that he hasn't outlined them to give them... Like, I, I, I get it. Writing is hard. It's tough. Like, but you could have outlined it and gone, here are the outlines. Here's where I want it to end. You know, get to get to point fucking, you know, F. You, you know, as long as you get to that main point, follow these key points, you can fluff around it. Well, here's the thing. Maybe George didn't even know. And he's just using this. Well, that's, that's, always, that's, what, I, that's what I've always wondered. That's what I've always wondered. I, I always wonder... How many notes and outlines did you give them past the point of your last book? So, I mean, the fact that he hasn't finished it, I think he hasn't finished it because he doesn't even know how to finish it. Right. Well, it's, it's taken him fucking forever, hasn't it? Like, That's what I'm saying. I think he's struggling. I don't think he even knows how to... <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, to, to, ...to wrap it all up. But, you know, uh, but he's learned at least now how not to do it. Yeah. So they've certainly helped him with that. Well, they, yeah, they certainly have. And, uh, yeah, it was a very disappointing wrap-up and a very rushed wrap-up. And also, why would they want to rush it? Why wouldn't you want to keep that show going? Because, you know, every fucking episode, I know it's expensive to make, but you you make it all back. Like, it's all gravy at a certain point. Like, why would you reduce content on that show? That's also what I'm wondering. Was it just, do you think the cost of it was, you know, kind of breaking the bank? I think it was the cost, but I mean, it's also come out uh, now that like the two guys that were working on the show didn't also know what they were doing. Yeah, there have been those allegations. Uh, you know, well, no, not allegations. They've come out and said it themselves. Yeah, free stuff. Like, they've, they've literally come out and said that they didn't know what the hell they were doing at the start of it. Uh, they probably had a lot of good people around them. Mm. They've obviously had some talented um, uh, crew people around them who knew what they were doing to cover that, but... Um, it's surprising it did as well as it did, honestly. Yeah, that's crazy that they were so inexperienced, you know? Yeah, well, it's them coming out and saying that they'd lost in the Star Wars um, uh, job. Yeah, that's right. There was the... You are right. Now, get this. Um, uh, a pilot for the H- HBO's first Game of Thrones prequel series cost a staggering $30 million before the series was ultimately cancelled. That was uh, one of... I think they should give up on that series and just not something else. They're doing a there is a, there is a prequel series they're now developing and doing and and shoot. no I mean I mean I feel like Game of Thrones is tainted now. You reckon? Yeah, I think you should cut your losses and and, and move why? on. To the, why? Why? Uh, because they had a try, bad try, final try season. Find the next big one. No, dude, they're gonna milk it, man. They're gonna go back in time to a past time and they'll milk it. That's what they do. You yeah. know, it's it's that successful. You may as well as well. Like he has formulated a lot of shit about the past. It's like Lord of the Rings. Like, why wouldn't you do it? It's so big, and you can go back to outlines that the guy's done, histories that he's done. You can kind of colour around the edges, and, you know, you've got a huge segment of fans that are glued on. 
basically. That's, yeah, but that's I mean, why. the problem is, is like, I also feel like, again, my motto is if you don't strike when the iron is hot, yeah, then don't do it. Right. Because a lot of the, um, you know, you say, oh, yeah, so there's massive fans. But yes, but don't forget it ended on a sour note. Right. Yeah. It ended with a lot of people unhappy, but then it's also been quite a bit of time. Sure. That and a lot of people you. may have moved on or they've maybe um, gotten cold yeah. to the franchise or the stuff and all this. I'm just saying, like, if you want to capitalize on something, you don't, you, you strike when the iron's hot. That's why a lot of the stuff where they like make sequels to popular movies 20 years later, they're not really a lot of nine times out of 10, they're not successful because the people have moved on. But this Things is only about changed. three, this is only about three years. Changed. This is only about three years though, dude. Like this isn't. Yeah. But it, I mean, well, when's it actually coming out in another two years? Like I'm that's sure. the thing. Like I'm just saying the longer you're taking for something to come out, sure. by the time it comes out, it could be five years. And you know, again, people have maybe cooled. Mm, I agree with you the there. Property and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I agree with you on that point. That's what that's, that's for sure. Um, have you heard about this? This game, Star Citizen, Richard. The infamous Star Citizen, yes, Since I have. being announced back in 2012, Star mm. Citizen has raised over $400 million in funding, despite the fact mm. the game still hasn't been released. So what is this, just a scam game? What, what's going on? Well, uh, at this point, it might as well be a, sta- a scam game. I mean, it's they had so many people, um, actors and all that. I mean, Mark Hamill was in this and i think everyone gary oldman and really? stuff and all that but getting a lot of big name celebrities for like the characters and all that in it yeah um it's basically it was supposed to be this massive biggest game ever made you know really? flying flying starships going to planets uh you know having in, like encounters and engagements and you know, fighting in space, fighting in the ground, all that sort of stuff, and all. It's supposed to be massive. You could just do whatever you wanted, but yeah, the, these things never work out that way. It's like we've just gonna you can do whatever you want. Like it's like that one man sky thing. Remember when that was a big craze? Well, put it this way: I, very few companies. I, I can't think of any actually that have uh, that have delivered or over delivered, yet alone delivered. Like anytime someone has been like, oh my God, it's going to be this massive, whatever. It's never that big because it's the, it's hardware limitations, man. Like we're not, you you can't just do that. Not, not unless you maybe create some sort of cloud server. Yeah. Yeah. That people can access it where you don't have to put it on a disc or like, or something, but it's, you know, but even before that fable, all that sort of stuff, how, you know, they talk up shit and like, yeah. Oh, it's going to have these mechanics and these systems and blah, blah, blah. And it's not even close because, yes, that's what you want to do. Yeah. But you, we just don't have the hardware and the software to do it. The, the way that, I mean, look, I'm no fucking game designer, so take this with a grain of salt. Like, the way yeah, the they... Have, people have put 400 million is... is this, I, I, these people are stupid. But that's... Yeah, so two things. Yes, they are. But um, the, the way that they eventually will do it is because I've been told by you know people I've worked not the company I'm with but like solicitors, you know like they've got kids who are playing on these VR systems which are just crazy. But rich, they're so expensive. Do you know what I mean? Like the level of expense to get involved in this VR stuff at the at the level they're playing at is beyond normal means. Um, so I'm always interested to know exactly what's the fuck's going on. Um, you know, amongst the mega rich, but uh, yeah, like, who the fuck is putting four hundred million dollars? Like, 
I, I, I hate crowdfunding games. And I, I, I just like, fuck you. Like, put a game out, like, or don't. But I'm not going to crowdfund your fucking game. Like, well, well, okay, well, here's the okay, so here's the danger of crowdfunding, and this is where you've got to be careful. I don't have an issue with crowdfunding because a lot of um, a lot of fun games have been successfully crowdfunded, have right? they? Really? Um, the what was that game that came out? Um, what was that Kingdom game? I don't I have no idea, I have no idea, but I'll take your word for it. So, but not games I play, kind of more indie games, yeah. No, 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 no. This this game actually came out on on Xbox and PlayStation and all that. It was um, what was it? It was a big, massive. I mean, it Kingdom was, Kingdom of Amula. No, 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 I no, no, no. That, I love um, that game. Love this that. one was like a first person, uh, uh, like Polish medieval. No, not Polish. Right. And uh, like, yeah, it wasn't Kingdom Come. Yes. Right. Yes, Kingdom Come. That was a crowdfunded game. But wasn't that the game that you abused me for playing? That medieval one where you had to it was really boring. Oh yeah, yeah. God no, it's fucking boring as hell. But my point is, <laughs> it was successfully crowdfunded. Right. Yeah, I, and, I played it, that and game and it came out. And in fact, even um, the Battle Chasers game. Okay. That was that was kickstarted. That was crowdfunded. The. But I, I would have thought these is... games take like like a lot of money to make. Like how much well, they, they do, and that, but that's why you see that's why they go to the crowdfunding is because in order to get that money, you would normally have to get a publisher, a developer yeah. to like give you the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, and they might turn around and say, "Is too much of a risk." Yeah. But you could then go to crowdfunding and say, "Guys, this is the game we want to make. This is the money we need to make the game." And if people turn around and say, "That sounds like a game I want to play," here's my money. I don't have an issue with that as long as you. Um, I don't have an issue. You deliver now, do what the now, fuck here's they the thing. want. I think more games have been delivered than have been scams like this. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, but others have come out and have admitted that they scam or have basically said, fuck it, we've given up. But this, this <laughs> game refuses. This game still is pretending to be real. Like, But what's going on? Like, at, at a certain point, it, it starts to become like pure theft, what they're doing to me. Yeah, well, you've got to be careful when you sign up for this because, you know, if they say, like, no refunds or whatever, then... Yeah. If they say no refunds, I would never crowd. I would never crowdfund something. But if it says you can get your money back or you can get refunded if it's taking too long, then I'm happy to do that because... Yeah, but, um, dude, what's to stop them from just saying, oh, we've liquidated, we're done? Like, there is no money, you know? Well, if you if you, if you agreed that you, could, you can't sue them, yeah, but, but if they say no if you, refunds, well, how much? No how much? You know, how much money are you putting into this? Like, that's the other thing. How much? Well, that's the problem. Is obviously people have put lots of money into it. I think I these mean, people are sold, fucking insane. Um, I think these people are fucking nuts, Richard. Like, I wouldn't crowdfund fucking anything, especially a fucking computer game. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like at the the only thing I will crowdfund is occasionally I would do a comic. Uh, you know. And that's very occasionally for very specific people. But again, it's a completely different thing. Like to make a comic, you probably need about like twenty k to thirty k, you know, something around that around that range. But again, it's going to cost like a hundred million dollars. Like, and how much am I supposed to pay for it? Like, if I buy a game, I'm anticipating to pay. No, 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 no. no. Here's the thing. So, and this is where this kind of becomes a bit of a scam sort of thing and all that is. I don't believe like. If you're crowdfunding, right, mm. then you should just pay the price of what a game should be. Right. 
grosser, if that's 60 bucks or 70 bucks or whatever, yeah. that's all you should have to contribute. But a lot of them like to do like, oh, hey, if you if you back us with like $200, we'll give you this bonus thing. And then oh, he gives you a back fuck, five like, yeah. the mark, you'll get this and you'll get your name in the game and all that sort of shit. And that's the people, that's the whales that they aim in for. Dude, Most normal yeah. people will just go, here's my 60 bucks. Yeah. Give me a copy of the game when it comes out. Yeah. But they're looking for those whales who will who will give them that extra funding if Shit. they say we, we promise to put you we'll put a character of you in the game or you know your name will be in the credits or, or some shit yeah, like that yeah. to get more to get the whales to give them money you know the people who, oh my god some people must have some very rich parents if they're just kids well, some there's a lot of people that have um uh kind of like just excess cash like um i mean yeah. think about it i mean nerds have a lot of cash because uh, you know, uh, comics and 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 our hobby is quite expensive. Yeah, if, but, if you think about yeah, it, yeah, yeah, but but like then you got people like me. I've got excess cash, but I'm cheap as fucking hell as well. Like I'm not gonna like I I just I just use this as a wake no, no, no. up call. Humanity. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is that like they might not be like okay. So what you do with your disposable your cash or disposable income or whatever you call it, you you buy trades, mm. you buy omnibuses and all that sort of stuff. Mm. You know, mm. so that's what you're doing. But obviously, maybe they, this is what they do. You know, they want to yeah. use that cash to get their name in a game or to get themselves a character of them in in a game. Or it's a fucking scam, Rich. Something like it's that, a so. fucking scam, man. I'm, I'm here to well, tell this, you. This, this one definitely is. I don't think crowdfunding on a whole is a scam. It's just that there are scammers in the crowdfunding, unfortunately. Yeah, you've got to be careful. You've got to be careful, like, really careful, I think, frankly. Like, Beware these people with all these, like, you know, if you keep paying and paying and paying and paying, you can just get everything. You know, that's where it's a scam, basically. I just, I just, there's a part of me which thinks there's got to be a limit. But then again, you you know, it's very easy to separate a fool from his wallet, you know? Classic, but uh, but true. It's true. Like, there's, there's a sucker born every day. Like, if you're just like, oh, you keep paying and paying and paying and paying and paying, yeah, we can make all these fucking problems. They've taken four hundred million. It's a fucking rort, you know. It's a fucking disgrace. They, the people behind this should be brought up on charges of fucking embezzlement. Like it's it's crazy. It really pisses me off, actually. Uh, now you had some Henry Cavill news. Apparently, he's what negotiating about season three. Apparently, he's going to be replaced. <laughs> really? Uh, yes. Um... Uh, apparently, there's even a name um, of his replacement has already been named and shamed, have they? Yeah, I wrote it down and then I, I lost it. Yeah, well, it doesn't really matter. But but do you think it'll happen? I mean, he he hasn't apparently a million dollars per episode for the last season. Is it, you know, I, I've not watched it actually. Have you watched it, Matt Matt Bomer? Oh God, that guy! He turns up in fucking everything. Yeah. So, look, I mean, the problem is, is it could also be that, um, you know, I mean, Cavill's also a movie star. Yeah. You know, and it, it may be that, like, trying to maybe work around his schedule, his schedule or, you know, because, I mean, he wants to be Batman. I'm not Batman. He wants to be, still wants to be Superman. Yeah. You know, now there's, there was, you know, a lot of people were pushing for him to be the next James Bond, even mm-hmm. though it be a woman. Um, you know, so maybe at some point they were like, "Look, we can't keep working around this guy." Yeah. Um, and 
yeah. So uh, Matt Bomer is from Suits, I think, isn't he? Oh, uh, he's in various things. He was in Doom Patrol, I believe, as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think he played the negative. Yeah, negative he did. Man. He did, yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, he looks fine. Uh, yeah. yeah. We'll see. Um, Fandang- he's I mean, Henry Cavill's a busy guy. He is. He is. You are right. Yeah. Maybe they were just like, hey, let's just get a TV guy who's always around. <laughs> Maybe let's not go for such a big name. Yeah. Yeah, true. Because maybe they want the show to keep going. You know what I mean? Maybe the show is doing well enough that they they can see this going for another three, four seasons. And so they're just like, look, we need to make this easier on ourselves and maybe get a less prominent name mm. uh, now that we've got the... The cash out. But again, a lot of people probably maybe weren't necessarily Witcher fans who were maybe Cavill fans. Yeah. They lose them, but, you know. That, that's, a, that's a big percentage. I've not watched it. Have you watched it, Rich? No, I'm not a. I'm oddly enough, I'm not a Witcher fan. No, I've said this before on the show, actually. I um, I I really enjoyed Witcher Three. Fuck, I love that game. Um, but I tried to watch the show and was bored out of my mind after about the first half hour. But I can sometimes be very fickle when it comes to shows. You know. Like, yeah. Well, I I can be very fickle, honestly. Yeah. So. Well, I keep meaning to watch it, though. I keep meaning to try. Michelle's completely written it off, which actually opens it up because it, it means it could be a very late night show for me where I just watch it solo, you know, at the end of the night, and I could just get through it kind of thing. It could because Michelle's just said she's not interested at all. She was so bored yeah. by the first episode. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, I haven't watched it. I mean, I can't, is it any more boring than, say, and I'm not saying it's boring, but I'm just saying would it be any more boring than, say, um, what? Uh, Wheel of Time. It's darker than Wheel of Time, um, and it takes itself more seriously than Wheel of Time. So it it, it seemed to be taking itself extremely. No, but seriously. my point is, I've watched four episodes of of the Wheel of Time. It's not like it's action packed, wall to wall, like yeah, fight scene. So my point is, could the, can the Witcher be any more slower it's, than it's, that? It, Surely, yeah, Surely it, not. Yes, it is. It's more. It's also more somber. Um, that was where I struggled. I was like, oh, this show's... I, I mean, he's the Witcher. I would have thought they would have more, at least a fight per episode. Well, we'll see. Uh, look, I'm, it's, it, it's a show which I'm more than happy to give a second chance to because, you know, I do dig the games and I'm sort of like, you know, I, I'm willing to give it a second chance. I, I just haven't done so yet just due to time constraints. But again, over Christmas, um, I'm going to have some time off. And um, Oh, by the way, Rich, I forgot to tell you, we, we're, doing this, we're doing three shows before Christmas. Um, including this one, one of which will be a Christmas show. So I'm going to reach out to a couple of people, see if they can come on for Christmas. Um, obviously, you and me will do it anyway, but I, I forgot to mention that to you. So we've got three more shows, including this one, gang, before Rich and I take a nicely deserved break for a couple of weeks, Rich. And um, so I'm going to be away, actually, in a remote location for a week before Christmas, Rich, and not even in internet coverage. I'm going to be dealing with assholes buying christmas gifts yes i know so you'll be i'll be i'll be recharging and you'll just be a burnt out wreck so at least you won't have to be on on the radio rich at the at the time when you're at your most burnt out well where else i'm gonna vent now i'm not gonna be able to vent at the customers no i know 
I know, Richard. You know, it's it, it, don't go Kurt Cobain's round. No, don't. it's all right. Honestly, after the Black Friday being so knackered, I probably wouldn't even remember doing the show for those two weeks. So it's fine. Oh yeah, well, just just a, just a two week break. Same same as we do most most years. We always take a two week break over Christmas, but we will do a Christmas episode, guys. Um, and frankly, if you've got any uh, Christmas suggestions. Um, that you want us to do, like, you know, special trades or, or even just single issues, like special Christmas issues that we didn't do last year. If you've got any, reach out, uh, and I will I will put it together in a Christmas episode, which will be um, probably not next week, but the week after we'll do. Um, but, yeah. Did you, know but, Kurt, did you know Kurt Russell did two Santa movies? Yes, I do. They're on Netflix. I just saw that on Netflix the other day, and I was like, what? Yeah. They're reasonably popular ones too, I think. Um, quite when I say recent, within the last few years, he's done he's done a couple, yeah. Well, I think they did one in twenty eighteen and then one in twenty twenty. Yeah, no, I did know that actually. Yeah. Um. Now, Fandango teased a Spider Man No Way Home surprise. We'll have something to share every single day, beginning on Monday with our good friend from Queens, and maybe he'll bring a couple of other friends too. So let's go to Google because I put this news into the show earlier this week. Let's put in Fandango. And what exciting news do you think they had, Richard? Like, what do you think? What What could they do to sure, really? I'm sure it won't be anything groundbreaking. Yeah, it's gonna be Fandango's Spider Man. Uh, also, their website crashed. Did you hear that about people were a simple look on Google hasn't shown anything interesting at all. Um, their website crashed, and people were selling tickets to Spider Man No Way Home. For twenty five k, apparently in the states. Now, what kind of idiots are paying twenty five k for a fucking Spider Man No Way Home movie ticket? So, the same people spending thousands of dollars on starters of them. There's there is a sucker born every day, and and there maybe really is. and maybe I should take it. Advantage. Not every day, man. Every minute. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Like. Like, and, and it was hilarious because there were heaps of people going, I just booked it. Because oh, I booked my tickets for Spider-Man and Michelle and I are seeing him on the Thursday night. So on the Friday night will be our last show and I can do a full review, Rich, unless you really care about spoilers. Um, oh my God, I so don't. Okay, good. Because I'm going to do it. And, um, you know, I just bought my tickets and people were saying, well, at my fucking cinema complex in the States, I just bought two tickets. So I don't know what you idiots are paying 25K for. It's like, you know, the Wednesday morning, 9am, one might be sold out, but like the 11.30 was like, there was like, you know, half the cinema was available. It's like, I, I just, I really question sometimes some of this stuff. People trying to, you know, scalp it for 25k and they've got buyers. Like, I, I just don't know. Who's buying that? Like, merchant bankers? Again, it, it's called FOMO, mate. Right. Fear of missing out. But seriously, would you live in a world, Richard? Like, I, you, I could be worth five hundred million. I would not pay twenty five k for a Spider Man No Way Home ticket that I know I could see. I would only pay twenty five k if it was all the actors on stage acting it out live. <laughs> I wouldn't pay it for that, but it would be interesting at least. Um, no, yeah. but I'm saying because that would be like a play. That would be special for you. Like well, it was why would just you, why for would you. you? No, no one else, just oh, you. I and see. they performed it. I'm just yeah. saying that would be something different that I could say. Okay, mm. I can somewhat see why you spent 25. Because I mean, it, those actors are expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but not just to go sit in the movie theater with all the other plebs. No. What <laughs> What do you think about like uh, turning to musicians? 
obviously some cashed up families and stuff, you know, for the for the daughters, you know, sixteenth or eighteenth or twenty first, maybe hiring like a Bruce Springsteen. Surely he would command a twenty five k, fifty k just to turn up and play a few songs at a private party, don't you think? Someone like that. Yeah, I mean, probably. Yeah, I'm just thinking. I mean, obviously Sinatra's dead, but I imagine that's the kind of stuff they would do. You know, they turn up for a, a private party. They're, they're not coming cheap. They're coming. I mean, surely their price tag. To get a Bruce Springsteen, say, he's, oh, I'll do five songs. You know, and they're like, okay, we want Born in the USA. We want this. We want that. Okay, fine, 50K, and I'll turn up and do it. What do you think? Uh, no. I wouldn't pay anyone any money. I'm not, I'm oh. not that... I'm, I'm not that star enamored. I I probably wouldn't pay it either, but I'm but there's people out there that that at least I can see very cashed up families. Oh yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like Tony Bennett, like you know, getting him to play or Lady Gaga or something like, uh, you know, your kids like fucking sixteenth, you know, if you're and I'm, I'm assuming these people are cashed up to the gills, so you know that I that I can at least see. As as that that to me is commerce, but this this thing where people are paying twenty five k for a Spider Man No Way Home ticket, that's insanity. That's insanity, really. Yes, if anyone's actually buying it, yes, they are dumb as bricks. They are dumb as bricks. I mean, people. I've got two tickets in gold class to see Spider Man No Way Home. I'll openly say for twenty five k, you can have those tickets if you want them <laughs> right now. Contact me. We can make that deal fucking happen. Um, yeah, it's it's craziness. Um, Zachary Levi, I'm so sick of fucking Shazam. Uh, didn't get cast as Star-Lord in Gardens of the Galaxy. His audition for James Gunn ultimately helped him land a role in Shazam. And he came out today and said Shazam 2 is even better than the first one. Like, the first one set this extremely high bar. Thought it was a very, very average film. I know, I know you love it. I know Adam the Computer loves it. I know Tash loves it. I was like, this is lame, is what I felt. I I certainly like it, and I thought it was fun. I don't love it, but one of the reasons I don't love it is because I'm not a massive fan of the the Power Rangers Shazam family. Okay. Define that. What do you mean by that? Where he's sharing the power with, like, five other kids. He always did that, man. He always no, did no, that. No, 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 no. He did. He, a lot of the time, no, I know they had those... Th- those silly like um uncles you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know um but didn't they always like touch hands and turn into but those, but those were come and go come and go kind of thing and all that it was mainly really? him but what now in the Marvel new gc sort of thing he basically shares the do you know what i mean he shares the, the the power with all of them they're all like one big team happy family kind of shit right yeah that I'm just not a big fan of. I kind of just wanted to be about Shazam, you know, Captain just, Marvel. But hasn't it all? But like I, I've not, and this comes from someone who's not read a lot of them. But I thought back in like the fucking forties or whenever it was originally around, like Captain Marvel Junior and all that. I thought they all held hands and said Shazam together. I always thought he he shared the power. No, 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 no. He okay. So he again he shared it with his sister, Mary Marvel. Yeah, Mary Marvel, and then he did uh, later share it, but. He was sharing his power, mm. and, and if if a situation was very dire, yep. he would have to take the power back from them. Right, absorb. They, it all they back. would have to. They would have to like let go so that he could get his his full strength back. But surely that could be but a plot this, point. But with this yeah. in the new DC canon, there is seven wizards. <laughs> is it? 
Do you know what I mean? And so now he, he's not sharing the power. They all have access because the the it's it's a oh. it, it wasn't just one wizard now. Oh, really? It was like it was a council of wizards. Uh, I see. And so and so now all of them have power. I, I don't know. I just I'm not a massive fan of that. I just I kind of feel like it's I don't need a. I didn't. I wasn't a fan of Shazam because of the massive cast. Yeah, I was a fan of Captain Marvel. Mary Marvel was, was always pretty No, no, I liked those two as supporting characters. Yeah, but I don't want five supporting characters all sharing his power. I've got a question for you: If Mary in the movies, if Mary Marvel wants to turn into, I mean, whatever her name is from Mary, into Mary Marvel, can she just say Shazam and turn into Mary Marvel, or does she have to be touching what's his no, name? No, she can. She can. No, all of them can just say it. Oh, so they can individually just do their own thing. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, that takes some of the fun away. I, I thought they had to be holding hands or something. No, 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 no. In the no. old they can, school. They can access it. To, I'm pretty sure they can access it whenever they want, yeah. The only reason I like Captain Marvel Jr. is because he was Elvis Presley's favorite superhero. <laughs> um, he, I've always liked Mary Marvel. You know I've always liked Mary Marvel. Uh, but I don't know. I, I'm not a fan of the thing. I think the whole thing's a bit shit, personally. And I think it's lame. Um, you know, and when he's like, oh, it's going to be even better than the first one, I'm like, I thought the first one was like 5.5 out of 10, maybe a 6, if I'm being generous. Well, then it should definitely be better then. It should be, but like, it's a, it's a low, <laughs> it's a low fucking bar to clear. Like, the way he's talking about it, you'd think he he just pumped out a fucking apocalypse now. Well, I think they're going to lean more heavily into the mystical stuff and, um, um, get, get a bigger bad, because that was the problem in that movie, there there wasn't much of the bad. No. You know, uh, um, um, shit, I can't his name now. There was the guy, was it Mark Strong? Yeah, yeah, but not, not Silvana. His name, um, the doctor, Savannah, yeah? Silvana, that was it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was thinking of Silvanus now from World of Warcraft because their names are so similar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, he, he didn't have much of a, um, yeah, he just didn't have much to to fight. So I think they're going to up the action in this movie is probably which one. Well, I, I'm saying they, they'll have to because I thought it was very... I mean, I know people rave about it, but I'm like, I don't, I well, don't they understand. Have to, well, they have to up the action because literally all fucking five or six of them are now superheroes. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're not happy about that, are you, Rich, at all? I can tell. Like, no, again, I'm not... Uh, <laughs> I'm, if, if it was just a once-in-a-while thing... Yeah, yeah. When he, if he needed help and he would get his family, but if it's going to be like, nah, they're always there yeah. and they're always fighting as a big happy unit family, I'm like, no, thank you. That's what you're going to have, Rich. And there's going to be one moment, I guarantee you a plot point where he has to take the power back or do something and it's going to have to sacrifice someone and yada, yada, yada. Like, I can see the beats coming about a thousand miles off. Like, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And they're not, they're not very interesting. Um, CD Projekt Red is scaling back its support for Cyberpunk 2077 as the studio works on the game's expansion and continues to pursue other projects. Did they sort out all their fucking bugs, Rich? Uh, probably not. No, and they're just like, fuck it, abandon it, walk away from the burning vehicle. Um, uh, I think they'll probably keep a skeleton crew on there or something like that, but uh, I think they're games. 
I mean, I enjoyed it, dude, like as a game. But again... Yeah, but there was far too many problems and issues with that game. There was a lot especially, of promises. Especially the considering that they were the people that did uh, the critically and darling acclaimed... Um, Witcher. Witcher stuff, you know, uh, I think. But again, you see, this is why I always say to people, um, careful of that hype train. Like, you know, you know you've, you, you've got to be careful. No one's infallible. Sure. You know... Um, maybe the Beatles you know, what I don't know who said it one of there's a content creator I watch it's one of the content creators I watch but he said never board the hype train because the hype train always gets derailed right sure get on the regular train it may take it may be slower and it may take you a while to get there but you'll always get where you need to be <laughs> which is like at the right level yeah and that's why like I don't care who it is I I do my absolute best not to get hyped for like anything but do you find that you know i mean you know this is don't take this too personally but like do you feel that diminishes your enjoyment of life a little bit you know, no not really because I, I find because i don't get myself hyped up and i don't get excited sure. i can only i can never be disappointed which means i have more mm. positive experiences yeah, no, I don't because it, because if i didn't go if i don't go in with any like hype or expectations or don't get too excited when I leave, I can be super excited. I can be like, oh my fucking God, that was so cool. That was so amazing. But if I hype something up, mm. if I if I put it on a higher level and I'm in, you know, I've gotten myself all excited. Yeah. How many times is something going to meet that expectation? Yeah, I hear. I can, it's going to be very rare. I know you would think that I'm a victim of endless hype, but actually, I, I tend to bounce from one thing to another. I've got the attention span of like a mosquito, but... Um, but I will tell you, there are two occasions where I was so pumped for, and it's two link things Batman versus Superman. I was, I was fucking crazily pumped for that movie and I enjoyed it in the cinema, but I was so high on it, Rich, you know? And, um, when uh, one thing I regret, my only regret is, so I was sick. When I went to see it, I've told the story on the show. I had fl- I had flu. I was this before COVID, people like, but I was sick, and it was question marks of whether I could actually attend. And I was like, I need to go. I couldn't go to tennis that day. I was really sick, and um, we we've gone in, and I really regretted. I, I kept off the internet for like the the day, um, completely off it. So I had no spoilers. I obviously I had the trailers, but I mean nothing it had come out in the states like a day previously nothing knew nothing didn't know anything as i walked in stupidly i just glanced at my phone and i don't know why i did it because I, I resisted for so long and i saw that there was negative critics slamming it while it was also making in because you remember that movie opened massive um and it was saying like you know it broke the thursday record or whatever but there was the critics were really going nuts on it and i really regretted seeing that before i walked in i still wish i'd not seen that um and but anyway regardless i went in there i I had a great time in the cinema and yeah of course when i picked the movie apart later on i could see some problems for sure but that but then so then unfortunately then i enjoyed the ultimate edition but justice league even with me trying to scale down my expectations, I still wanted that movie to prove everybody wrong, if you know what I mean. Like, I still somehow had convinced myself that that movie was going to 
be awesome and prove all the doubters wrong. And I was really deflated. Uh, I saw it and I was like thinking about it. And I woke up the next day and I just felt completely empty. And I was like, man, that sucks. We finally got Justice League and it sucked. You know? Um, That's two two of the only times where I've really been disappointed. And, you know, it is an annoying feeling when it does happen. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I, I will sometimes allow myself a glimmer of hope or, or something off a trailer. Yeah. Like, if a trailer is exceptional or, or I think he's like, you know what, that is... It's next level. That, 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 that's like, you know what, that's pretty good. Like, I'm, I'm seeing what they're doing there. I'm seeing a bit of the acting. Yeah. You know, maybe seeing a bit of the action. Like, with that Reacher trailer, you know, I watched yeah. that and Loved it. I'm like, you know what, I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm getting in a groove. I'm actually looking forward to... To now again, I'm not thinking like, oh my god, it's going to be like yeah. bestest ever, or you know, it's going to blow me away. But at least I've seen some of it now that I can be like, you know what, it's got promise. I, the acting looks good. It looks decent. The bud, you know, the you can tell by like whether it looks cheap or you know what I mean, mm. like stuff and all that. So you know, I you can I think once you've seen a trailer, you can maybe decide if you want to get a little bit more excited or not. But I never get excited from just pure announcements. Yeah. Yeah, and no, that, that Justice League and even the Batman v Superman. When I saw the trailers, I the only thing I thought was, "Well, it looked pretty," but I didn't. I I was worried yeah. because the, I, I kind of feel like the trailer. Um, well, it told a lot if you remember the it, trailer. Well, it was. I feel like it was promising too much. Yeah, the trailers to Batman versus Superman um, really told a lot of story, you know, uh, and I think too much story. They even told Wonder Woman, didn't they? I think I'm pretty sure they did in Doomsday. Yeah. So oh the... yeah, yeah, yeah. In that Batman v Superman, Jesus Christ. Yeah, there was. It wasn't just Batman. I mean, they even had to throw Wonder Woman, which I was like, "What the fuck are you doing? Like, why?" Well, I, I actually felt they should have just held her back from the trailer. I don't feel they needed to reveal her in the movie. I think that could have been a nice surprise for for people personally that's yeah like what they should have done was again more what marvel is is um have a um uh a credit scene yeah you know where something with that battle with the with with the doomsday creature whatever has um you know maybe something affected themiscira or Mm. or you know maybe when they were battling you know maybe him and soups or you know doomsday soups are like flying through the air, punching each other, and they fly home with scare and it does something. Maybe it breaks their shield. Or you know what I mean? And then you have like a, a a post-credit scene about how their veil has been shattered or something like that. And yeah. I don't know. Like, I just feel like, yeah, they her coming just in there was so like, what the fuck? Yeah, you, you weren't a fan. So I, I liked it in the movie, but I, I, I actually just felt... It, honestly, because I I really got into that movie. I was I was listening to Batman Universe, who were good friends of the Signal. Um, and back then I was doing a lot of reviewing for Batman Universe, and um, I was reviewing the comics, um, several comics monthly. And um, I've always been good friends with Stella at Batman Universe. Anyway, they had a related podcast on there. Two guys, uh, Andy and I forget the other guy's name now off the top of my head, but anyway. They were great guys, and they purely were doing a Batman vs. Superman podcast. And it was all the build-up, so every week, that any tidbit of information, they would talk about it and stuff. It was a really entertaining, fun 
kind of light-hearted podcast, and but it really, if you're a really, you know, a big fan and were hoping for a lot from that movie, it really built up your expectation. You couldn't help it. You know what I mean? You were so invested. Every skerrick of news had been gone over, and then the trailers came out. So there was a lot of stuff to discuss before the movie even hit the cinema. And I just worked myself up into a real state um, about the whole thing. And I, I still enjoy the Ultimate Edition of Batman Superman because I, I, I have such fond memories of the lead-up. And I really did feel that on the Ultimate Edition, he did improve the movie a fair, a fair bit, I thought. Like, Justice League yeah. is an appalling movie, I, I personally think. Just the Justice League theatrical cut is terrible. But I, I think there is some merit in Batman vs Superman. Ah. Uh... I don't, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I disagree a little bit just because, I mean, I just don't like, I don't like uh, Zack Snyder's dark take on, sure. on on the DC and all that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. um, I just didn't, I don't like his dour Superman. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know. I just felt. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear, man. Yeah. I, I, I just didn't feel that conflict between him and Batman. Yeah, it was weird. It I didn't feel it was earned. I didn't feel it was genuine. I didn't think it was well handled. Yeah, no, that's fair. So fair. I don't know. Yeah. I just it's it's a mixed. Yeah, it's not a. I, I don't know. I, I wasn't. Oh, it's the. I don't believe you, me. I'm not saying it's a perfect movie by by any. Oh no, no, no. I'm not saying you're perfect. I'm just saying I. There's a lot more wrong with that movie than right for me. There are some things, but more is wrong than right. Yeah. Oh, you probably. You, you. I think you're right, and. Look, I, I think hopefully, Rich, and I mean, I, I hate to age us, but hopefully inside our lifetime, they'll do it again, you know, and do it right and, and build the whole thing up. But it's going to take a while. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take a while, you know, because they've really sort of, you know, DC Warners have just played this game where they're just constantly on the run trying to sort of almost sticky tape together a franchise, if you know what I mean. Like it's all, it always feels like they're they're sort of like, only half-heartedly trying to sort of do this and you know but it would be nice to have a proper sort of world's finest movie wouldn't it yeah look i mean i'll be honest with you uh the problem is is i just i don't know what uh warner brothers i don't even know if they know what the hell they're doing honestly at the end of the day like i at some point i just think like you know i just think your snyder shit was such a colossal failure i just think you should have you would have been smarter just to scrap it all yeah and start again instead of trying to save it piece by piece well you they were I mean? yeah they were very sort of um i mean we're we're recapping on old territory but it is worth talking about uh they were very fixated on wonder woman because if you recall gal gadot's wonder woman did very well so it's like well, we've got to keep gal gadot you know and then we've got to keep this person and we've got to keep that per-, you know it was all like oh and Affleck said like it was all falling apart at the same time they were trying to build you know mm. so it was a weird. It was a. It's still a weird thing. Like it's still. It's still a sort of a evo- constantly evolving sort of situation because, you know, they can't. Weirdly enough, they. You. You would think Cavill is perfect to do a Superman movie. You could just do a much lighter Superman movie and, you know, more colourful and everything. But they just refuse to see it. But anyway, we'll see what happens. But that is one example where I can point to inside the last twenty years where I did feel especially with Justice League, a complete feeling of loss. Like, it was just, I thought that movie was just terrible in the cinema, you know? Yeah. Well, well that's the thing. I mean, that's why I know, you know, some people, like, they, they call me crazy for preferring the um, the Whedon cut, or whatever oh, yeah. you want to call it. 
but I mean, the Whedon one was the first time where I kind of got to see real Superman. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when he comes in, when they're fighting Steppenwolf and he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. is this guy bothering you? You know, so lighthearted and then him having a chuckle and a laugh with Cyborg. Yeah. You know, after they pull the thing and then the, the little thing at the end where he's going to race the Flash and he's like, oh, if you lose, you, you're at the Justice League. And Flash is like, what? And he's like, I'm just kidding. It's like, I was like, oh my God, it's so nice to see a fucking lighthearted, likable yeah, Superman, so, someone yeah. who enjoys life. And that's why I liked it. Yeah, but th- dude, that's that's not much compared to how bad the movie was. You know, like that, there isn't a lot. To me, that, that that's sort of like... Yeah, that stuff was there, but that movie was awfully edited. Like it was awful. Like how it was constructed. The whole. No, thing. I no no no. I'm no. I'm just saying there were just things about his Superman. Yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. I well, just, that was I the just one like thing. Josh Whedon's Superman, not the movie. Like yeah. uh, on a whole. Yeah, the persona. Although I do think he he, I, I thought I thought some of the changes he made from the Snyder script were better. Mm. I just feel like. I really like his movie because I kind of got to see a nice, positive Superman. Sure. And then we go back to the Zack Snyder, dour fucking... Oh, yeah. Seven You hour. know, I'm so brooding and angry. I'm like, oh, Christ. <laughs> no, I agree with you there completely. Now, Richard, can you explain this to me? There's a game called New World, and it has an in-game economy which is floundering because governors are increasingly embezzling money and fleeing to other servers with no way to stop them if they decide to steal and run. Are you familiar with this New World game? Have you heard of it? I know of it, and I've watched some videos of it of how bad it is and how buggy it is. And, and what, stuff, what is it, though? Is it an economy I game? I don't or? know how the economy works, so I wouldn't be able to answer any uh, uh, economy-related questions, I'm afraid. You can't be the game economist. What well, I, I, well, I haven't played it, so I don't know how their auction system works or their... I, I don't know how the economy works. So, yeah. I, I, as I said, like, uh, I can I can explain WoW's economy and I can explain Final Fantasies, but I'm not... I don't know how theirs works. Now, what I do think I understand is that it is actually... It, it's kind of a cool idea. Um, the kind of thing that I always think would be cool, but I just never have the time for. So it's, it's, it's like, from what I seem to grasp it's like a continent or something and people actually go out in the wilderness and craft stuff and build stuff and then you you interact with the other players and you build like a little civilization and is that's in essence what you're doing but what's happening is people are creating these treasuries and then the the so-called governors are just leaving with the money and and just actually actual i think actual money am i right rich I think it's actual. Not no cash. no no. It's not actual money. It's in-game money. Oh, right, really? So it's not mm. real money. No. Oh, I thought it was real money. No 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 no. Oh, so it's just bullshit money. It's it's the in-game money. Yes, it's what people have been. Oh, really? It, it well, can... look here. Well, yeah. Okay, look. Here's the thing. We, um, you want um to. You've got to earn money in these games, right? That's why yeah. they have auctions and all that sort of stuff. That's why in these games you can craft things, you can yeah. you can uh, build things and you can sell your wares. Or you might find a really, fa- you know, you might get a fancy weapon drop, but you don't need it. Yes. So you go and sell it on the auction house or whatever, and that's how people make money. So, I mean, if someone runs off with your hard-earned in-game yeah, cash, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's not always that easy to, like, get up a massive bank in these games because no, you're always no. spending money as well. 
Yeah, well, no, I was reading into it, and and it wasn't clear that it wasn't real cash. But, yeah, the whole thing runs. There's, there's an actual economy system, like a capitalist system behind it all. And what's happened, it was so funny, because people are saying, so just like in real life, like people are racking up huge debts and then just declaring bankruptcy, and, you know, you know, it's disrupting the whole system. So, in a way, what's happening, these robber barons, is reflective, I think, of, in a sense, real corporate warfare, you know? Oh, look, a lot of real-world stuff happens in these games because these games are kind of based on real-world sure. systems. And you what, know what I mean? What's the game set in? Is it set in, like, the Ice Ages or something? Or set in no, 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 no. It's kind of set in, like, a... Um, Mm, it's a fantasy, maybe like 16th century. Oh, okay, right, okay. Type thing. Which know, fits in with the new world, which fits in with stuff. new world, like conquistadors and everything, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Oh, well, pretty cool. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson posted on social media that Red Notice is officially the biggest movie in the history of Netflix, allegedly shattering several records in its short time on the streaming service. Well, I'm disappointed to say that I was one of the people who watched it. Uh I- not disappointed to say I'm not. Yeah, no, I know. You, you're wise to stay away, Rich. We covered the last show, but, I mean, this guy just goes from success to success, doesn't he, in terms of like... Oh, Rock doesn't fail, man. Rock yeah. doesn't fail at all. Yeah. That man doesn't know how to fail. Oh, and yeah. even if he did, no one would tell him. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, interesting. Sons of Anarchy's Kurt Sutter is to make a Western series, The Abandons, for Netflix. That's pretty interesting. Uh, did you ever watch Sons of Anarchy, Rich? Uh, no. It's a pretty good show. Uh, he was also a writer on The Shield, um, uh, which is a great show from earlier on. He did The Mayans. Uh, pretty good stuff, Rich. Pretty dark stuff. Dark crime, motorcycle gangs. Uh, very good show. We, uh, Michelle watched it all. I, I saw a fair chunk of it too. It's got that Charlie Hunnam or whatever his name is in it. He's one of the lead guys. It's got Ron Perlman in it. It's got Katie Siegel. Oh in no, it. no, no! I I know who's in it. Oh, okay. It's just not my type of show. Not your type of vehicle, Rich. No. You steer no, away from the crime, don't you? You I, steer I, away I from the crime. Uh, yeah, I don't care about bikers and shit. Seriously, no. But it's it's like you think that if you are, are watching these shows, that you actually support them, kind of thing. Like it's no, it's I, I just don't. Uh, it's not that I support them. I just have zero interest. Yeah. I'm not interested in a criminal's perspective. <laughs> I don't care how terrible your life was and all that sort of shit. I don't give a damn. I, I'm not interested in watching um, bad people do bad things. And I just, I, I don't know. It doesn't, I'd rather watch a cop show. <laughs> but I, still... fucking, I grew up, man. I loved, I would tune in every week to watch um, Law and Order. Law and Order is a good show. I love Law and Order. Yeah. But I, I, I don't mind that. Like, you know, I understand that bad people get off and all this. I just, I'm not interested in watching a show about criminals. I'd rather watch a show about criminals going to jail. Well, <laughs> I, just, that's just I, the way I am. Who, who could ever forget? You said back in the South Africa, you watch, used to watch Chips. Yeah. Well, maybe that's it. Maybe because I lived in a country where crime was a problem. Yeah. You know, maybe I don't romanticize uh, sure. criminals and, oh, they're just, they're people too crap. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I love it. Um, that's pretty funny. Uh, now, what do we have here? Danny DeVito wants to revisit Penguin alongside Michael Keaton and Michelle Pfeiffer and Tim Burton. Uh, he's available to reprise his iconic role. What do you think about that one, Rich? Uh, uh, Always Sunny and Delphine must be coming to an end. <laughs> <laughs> and he's 
he's just um yeah he's looking he's looking over at the Batman franchise and saying I could I could do it again I could do it all again the funny yeah, thing well, is he could he's still not play exactly uh, he's not exactly like um uh what do you call it uh in the flush in a lot of offers these days I guess he's yeah you know he's been in, always selling for Philadelphia it feels like twenty years like um yeah. I don't know. Oh, well, I think they're in their fifteenth season, fifteenth uh, season now. So yeah, that's been going for like fifteen years now, at least. Yeah, they've done very well for themselves, really. Um, now, Keanu Reeves was surprised by how much humor is in Matrix Resurrections. Well, that's what you want to hear. Yeah, I don't want to hear that at all. I'm sort of like, I'm, I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't want to hear there's humor in Matrix Resurrections at all. Um, now we've got an interesting one here. I, I don't know his name very well. Timur Bekan Mambetev is the director of Wanted and Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, two movies I enjoyed. He's spearheading a cinematic horror universe based on the work of Marvel Comics' Stan Lee. Uh, the teaming up with ZQ Entertainment and the late Lee's POW Entertainment to develop Sawbones and Carnival of Killers. Matt Grenberg is penning the script for the former, and Kevin Colish and Dennis Widmeyer for the latter. What do you think about this, Rich? Stan Lee's horror. Any interest? I'd have to see something. You'd have to see something, is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. Like, Jury's yeah, out? But, I, but, I, but I, would, I want to see something first, even if maybe some concept or, or something. I don't know. I mean, it sounds interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sort of. I, I would, I wouldn't say Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter is uh, a classic. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's even a cult classic. So, <laughs> I don't, you know, maybe if someone else was involved, someone I was more familiar with, maybe. <laughs> well, he did do Wanted. Wanted was good. That was a long time ago, though. Yeah, it was okay. I mean, it was very different from the book, like. Yeah, it was very different. It was very different, actually. It was. I got a real surprise when I went to read the comic book, and I was like, "Wow, okay, like uh, this comic book's pretty interesting, actually." Um, yeah, it went in some interesting directions, but uh, the, the movie just didn't touch, you know. Um, yeah. Mm. Now we we covered last week Spider Man Homecoming, which is the new animation um, product. Uh Jonathan Goldstein, one of the writers behind Spider-Man Homecoming, confirmed to a fan on Twitter they had no interest in rehashing Uncle Ben's demise, instead opting to start Peter's story sometime after Ben's death. Your reaction, Rich? Hmm. So then they're not then they're not going to show it. Do you think that's mm-hmm. a smart idea, or is it you know maybe being too clever for their own good? Yeah, I don't, see. It's interesting because the problem with the the the, the current Spider Man, mm. if you've let's say you're not maybe you're younger, maybe you don't read the comics, maybe you've not seen the other movies, mm. you don't actually know what his motivation is. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, I I don't know because I always loved reading Spider Man when you know Aunt May or something or someone would say like how proud Uncle Ben would be of you or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? That always seemed, you know, I, I kind of feel like that's missing a little bit because it, I feel like the heart is missing a little bit in, in the, in the Tom Holland Spider-Man. Yeah. That, you know what I mean? And I've, 
I, I think to com completely steer away from that might be like if you you're dealing with universe of madness. I mean, how cool would it be if uh, you see? Because this is what I'm saying. Like, if you've got all these different Spider-Man and Spider-Villains, how cool would it be if you had touched on on Uncle Ben's death at some point in the movies, mm. and then he sees an Uncle Ben? Yeah, that'd be cool. Well, you know has, he, I mean? has he mentioned like, it at all? Has he mentioned it at all in the movies? I don't think he has. No, no, they they have not mentioned it at all in the movies. Yeah, which is a conscious choice. Oh, for sure, definitely a conscious choice. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Well, we'll see. So apparently, I mean, it's kind of like in the Bible, if you recall, of the um, Batman animated series, it was don't show Bruce's parents murder. No, don't show it, but he, he certainly talked about it a lot. He did talk about it a lot, yeah. And, but... that, and that's, you know, could you imagine going through like three or four Batman movies, right? Mm. And he doesn't even mention his parents or think of his parents once? Yeah. Like, I would like that, <laughs> you know, because he, they do it too often. Mm. But I don't think, like, they do it too often in the, in the Spider-Man stuff. Like, I mean, I thought in the Tobey Maguire stuff, they did it in the, in the first movie. You know they didn't. They didn't overuse it. Yeah, they showed in... it. No, but I'm saying like they haven't overused it. They've always used it in the first movie of like Tobey Maguire or the Andrew Garfield. Yeah, yeah. Because I think in the Andrew Garfield was Martin Sheen. It was. I like him too. You know, and so I'm just saying like I think you should have it. I just don't think you you need to overuse it. But I mean, as I said, without it, I still f I feel like you you haven't given Peter a heart. Yeah, a reason. You know, yeah, that that motivation. Why does he always be Spider Man, even though it makes his life so shit? What? Why does he do it? And I feel like by not, because now he just feels like a kid, just doing stuff. A kid, I don't in, know. A, a kid in a candy store. A kid in a candy store, almost with Tony Stark. Yeah, it almost feels like yeah. he's almost doing it for fun. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear, I hear for sure. Yeah, interesting. Um, Powerhouse Animation, the studio that worked on Castlevania, once pitched a unique project that would have represented decades of Marvel history from the 40s onward. Um, in 2012-13, to 13, uh, Powerhouse pitched a project called Marvel Era. The 75th anniversary of Marvel was approaching in 2014, and the idea was short stories for each decade of Marvel history, and to have each short inspired by the art slash animation of that era. So there was going to be like a 90s Deadpool story, an 80s one with Punisher, uh, a 70s one with whoever. I'm not sure who. Uh, you know, it was quite a Spider-Man, Fantastic Four. They had all these things pitched. It would have been pretty cool. But, Sounds like it would have been interesting, man. Yeah. yeah, but in, instead it, it, it's in the land of what if, literally, you know. <laughs> um, then we had Kirsten Dunst uh, stuck her head up uh, this week and said, I asked if they would put me in another Spider-Man movie, like Old Girl Mary Jane. Why not? I would do it. Everyone else is. I'm just like, this from Kirsten Dunst, who's also gone on record whining about what she got paid, you know, was a depressing Mary Jane, as far as I was but, concerned. But, but it's also funny, because the last time I heard her in an interview, she said she was too old. She was moaning Like when, well. when when someone said, like, oh, you're going to be in the new movie, she's like, I'm too old. And it's like, well, hang on a second. If 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 Toby Maguire is supposed to be in it, how are you too old? Yeah. Well, I always found it very depressing. A, a very depressing depiction of of uh, Mary Jane. Like nothing about her 
Oh yeah, yeah. You know what? It's so fascinating. I was actually having a discussion with um uh with with a friend the other day. Um shout out to Declan. Uh I was we were actually talking about Spider Man and he was like, Oh, because you know, the new one's coming out and all that and he's like, mm. um, which one do you like? And I go, It's weird, like I don't like I like Spider Man two. Sure. As a whole, I think out of all the Spider Man movies, but I like things from each franchise. Okay. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I like Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, I like, um, I do not like this Mary Jane and I didn't like Kirsten Dunst Mary Jane, but I did like um, Emma Stone as, um, Gwen Stacy. as Gwen Stacy. She was great. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I thought that was really good. I didn't like the old Aunt May. And uh, again, I miss Marissa Tomei's really, really hot, but, I preferred the Sally Field mm. as the Aunt May. So, like, there's, do you know what I mean? Like, there's things in each one that I prefer. Yeah. So I can't say like, oh, that's my absolute favorite because there's thing like I would love to be able to do an amalgamation yeah. and get all my favorites <laughs> into the one movie, and then that would be my favorite. Wow, way there's some some cut and pasting going on in your in 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 your mind there, Rich. I like it, man. You're just really sort of. And you've got a few things going on at once. Yeah. Well, to be fair, there isn't much from the Tom Holland that I would take in, but you know. <laughs> yeah, you're not a Tom Holland fan, are you? But I, I would take I would take uh fucking uh, uh Michael Keaton as a vulture though. Yeah. Well, he's good for sure. Like yeah. that's that's yeah. I would take his vulture to put in a a, 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 a Tobey Maguire Spider Man movie for sure. Sure. Well, why not? Um, Jonah Hill sports a bushy beard and long hair as he gets into character as the rock legend Jerry Garcia on the set of Martin Scorsese's Grateful Dead biopic. Expect a lot more news on this from The Signal. Uh, have you seen the pictures of uh, Jonah Hill? He's got no, a cigarette in his mouth. He's he's in, dressed in like tie-dye, which apparently is not dressing for the role. Like it's, So it's like, it's weird. Like he's in all this tie-dye and you think, is he pulling off a tie-dye look from the 60s? But apparently not. It's just what he happened to be wearing, which is an odd decision from him. Um, mm. But anyway, regardless, I, I am really looking forward to it. He, he kind of looked pretty cool. Like, I, I said to you that Jerry Garcia is a character that you could, with props, make him look like it. Like, with the big hair, get a bit of weight going, big beard, the sunglasses, you know. Well, we discussed that. We said definitely he could, but you still weren't a fan, though, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I, I'm just very sort of sceptical of the whole thing, basically, Rich. I just have my concerns about the whole thing, my friend. I'm concerned. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm hopeful, though. I am hopeful. I, I, I am hopeful of, of, of it. I just, I, I'm sort of cautious of it because I feel, I like that Scorsese's involved, though, because the, at least you've got that quality there, you know? Mm. Um, so the, I'm not really that concerned. It's just, I'm more interested to see what it all turns out like. Uh, now, how about this? We follow Elon Musk on this fucking show with his stupid rocket ships. He's now unveiled <laughs> the Tesla bot, a humanoid robot that uses Tesla car tech that's designed to be easier to run away from and overpower. I seriously fuck this guy. I hate this Oh, guy. is is this because he's getting sued? I don't know why, but he's I think unveiled. some cops are suing him because they got run over by one of his cars on autopilot or something. Really? Yeah, but to be fair, like it says when you get it that you still have to maintain control of the vehicle when you put it on autopilot. So, like, I don't know if that's his fault and more that you should be suing the driver. 
Well, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there have been people who uh, are driving them around and, like, asleep or in the backseat and stuff who've actually been brought, brought up on charges. There was one guy recently. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I just, it's so weird to me that you're suing the manufacturer of a car because he made an autopilot feature mm. when you should be suing the driver because it says, you know, it's the same. Like, any car, if you put it on, like, the auto, not the auto drive, but, like, the cruise control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't go take a nap because you put it on cruise control. No. You still have to sit there and watch and make sure that yeah. nothing goes wrong. So it's weird, but that's probably why he's doing it, I would imagine. Pretty cool. Well, we'll see. Uh, how about this? A man was shot trying to sell his PlayStation 5. The 19-year-old from Harris County in Texas was trying to sell the console to a stranger. The guy then pulled a gun on him and tried to rob him. Uh, there was a scuffle. He shot the guy, did not take the PS5. And ran away. Cops then hit the scene. Uh, so this goes to show the desperate lengths which humanity will go for a PS5 a shooting. Yeah, that's 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 terrible, man. Well, it's it's not good. It's not good. It's the world we live in. Where's Frank Castle? Dish out some punishment. Yeah, I mean, but that's just I don't know. I can't get over that, man. Like you know, really? What this? Just, bit... No, it's no, no. That it's just a fucking console, man. Sure. Like all the games that are coming out, you can still play on the. <laughs> you can still play on the old consoles. There's no like, there's no new game that's exclusive. Yeah. To those well, consoles yet. So this... why are you killing someone over this? Like, I didn't kill him. He just me. shot him. He he shot him. He didn't. Kill no, him. but but I'm saying he could have. I'm not saying he. I'm saying you could have shot and killed him. Why would you kill someone over a fucking piece of plastic and metal? Like. Lord it's of the not Jungle. That, like it's. I don't know. People are bizarre, man. Seriously, I, I don't understand people. It's the Lord of the Jungle, Rich. That's what it is, man. You know? I work in retail. I'm surrounded by people all the time, and I still don't understand them. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like an alien trying to fit in on this planet. Wow. Heavy. I like a Rich. Wowee. Like a scroll, or, or, or what kind of alien? No, just like I, I, someone dropped me off here. I don't know who they are, and I just can't figure it out. <laughs> Look, I don't mean to sound too cynical, but to me, it's just it's it's law of the market taken to a whole new level. It's it's law of the jungle out there. It's law no, of the jungle out there, man. But you know, carry no, a no, fucking no, gun. No, 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 carry no, no, carry a piece. No, no, no. You you didn't know, like that's 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 that goes beyond the the market. Like someone yeah. is selling you it. Yeah, you're saying you want to buy it, but you actually want to rob them. That's not sure. That, that's not market, man. That's, that's desperation. That's, that's, desperation. That's, that's robbery. That's, yeah, that's desperation. What I love is the guy shot him but, and yeah, then didn't but get the not, console. It's not food. It's not medicine. Yeah. It's a fucking gaming console that you don't need. Yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you, dude. I hear you, dude. No, but no, I'm, I'm, I get angry at stuff because I just, I can't picture myself ever... Like, well, I can't picture I, myself I, I, shooting no, no, someone it, from In some place, weird man. world, if I've got no money and I'm hungry sure. or... I need medicine. Sure, I could probably see myself going to those lengths, even though I, I I wouldn't want to. Sure, but not over a fucking console. No, especially with there's not too many games out that are PS Five exclusive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my point. Like, it's like <laughs> there is no exclusive game that you cannot play on your old fucking. That, that's kind of funny. That's the funny part, really. It's not funny for the guy who got shot, but well, it, it's it, we can say it's funny because luckily he didn't die. I mean, hopefully he doesn't have any long term. Um, problems, if, you know, because I mean, you be getting shot in real life is not like getting shot in the movies. If, would you be supportive of this guy putting together a posse to catch this other offender? Like, sort of like, you know, kind of like lure the guy in and then depart a bit of street justice? 
do you feel we should go those lengths, Rich? No, I'm not. A, I'm not. A, I don't believe in street justice. So you're not gonna. You're not gonna form the posse, kind of thing to go hunt. I'm. I, I'm not gonna form the posse. No. Okay. Because well, if I think about it, there's gonna be some contact to get the guy to the place. Do you know what I mean? Whether it was on Facebook, whether it was on text message, whether it was a known person, he's got a visual on him. This isn't a fucking like. This isn't a sort of like a blind, you know, hunt through the woods. We've got some evidence here to put together something that we can go after this guy. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. I mean, hopefully there's footage or something. But uh, I just Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh well. A, ble- a bloody console. Yes. And final piece of news. Uh, Bleeding Cool's Rich Johnson broke the news that IDW is set to lose the Transformers and G.I. Joe licenses from Hasbro probably sometime in 2022. I'm guessing that at least the G.I. Joe will go to Marvel. Uh, Chuck Dixon guessed Scholastic. Uh, What's your reaction to this, Rich? I'm not surprised. I mean, uh, IDW is, is quite literally a sinking ship. Yeah. Um, like they've already they they've lost quite a few licenses, and they've just recently lost the Marvel, which is uh, uh the Star Wars one, sorry, mm. uh, and, and some of the Marvel because I think they were doing some of the Marvel stuff as well. They were doing a bit of the YA stuff, I think it was, yeah, yeah, or, so or even more kitty. That so, if they lose that, they really don't have anything. Well, they made the whole sort of basis was because here's the thing that they, they they lost the Hasbro license, and here's the thing that could include the My Little Pony as well. So, what have yeah, they got I left? Mean, turtles? I, well, they've got the turtles and the Power Rangers, I think. Right. What do you, why do you think they're losing it? What, did they just, just the price has hiked up and they can't afford it? And Marvel, obviously, Disney can. Uh, honestly, I don't think their comics are selling, man. Really? Yeah. Or I don't think the IDW stuff is selling because it's not seen as the. I guess it's not. I mean, I think they've mishandled the G.I. Joe stuff. Oh, yeah. sure. Remember, hey, shout um, out to Audrey Citizen, the fucking guy who said he hated America. Who could yeah, forget look, him? To, to, to be fair, he has walked that back yeah. um, recently. Um, yeah. You know, maybe he has realized and come to the conclusion that he was an idiot. So I wasn't I'll, aware I'll he, it, I wasn't aware he I walked mean, it back. Huh? I wasn't aware he walked it back. I was still on the rampage against this guy. So this guy's come crawling back, has he? Well, not calling back. He's basically turned around and said that what he said was stupid and that he yeah. hopes people learn a lesson that just be careful about saying st- stupid things on the internet and all that sort of stuff because, yeah. you know, um, at, at the end of the day, it's just stupid shit. And I wasn't aware of that. I wasn't trouble. aware of that. So yeah. It's not more of a – it's kind of like a walk back and more of a like, you know, uh, just don't say stupid shit on the internet. Um, yeah, it's it, which it, I, which which I agree with. It's like just don't say stupid shit on the. It internet. sounds to me like this is a guy who really did believe in what he was saying, but he regrets that he. he but he, at the end of the day, like GI, here's the thing: you cannot make GI Joe for the for 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 young girls. Okay, right. Like I'm I'm sorry. Like you will have some, but let's be honest: GI Joe, it's 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 big burly men being action and all that. So your primary market is is going to be young boys. Mm. And if you're not targeting the young boys, well, then you're not going to sell, which is why it's not selling. Sure. And their Transformers stuff is not selling either and stuff and all that. So, you know, I mean, I'm not surprised that people are going to be pulling the licenses because they, you know, who knows? It could be going to Dark Horse too. Maybe Dark Horse is going to be the new home of... Uh, well, easily could, you know? Uh, of, of the license stuff and all that. Well, Dark Horse, I mean, would be one of their biggest competitors, you would think, in the... Um... In the industry, because uh, like Dark Horse at one point was doing Conan, 
and um, Star Wars. No, planks of their publishing line, you know? So mm. maybe they're looking to pick up, uh, if IDW lose them, maybe they're looking to be... Surely they're bidding against Marvel, I would think. I mean, Chuck is saying Scholastic for G.I. Joe, and, and you know what? He knows the market better than me, but I would have thought Marvel's a pretty logical choice as well. Um, you know, they've printed both uh, of them before. I, I don't think it'd be Marvel. I mean, no. yes, technically you could say, I mean, you know, Marvel, big name, but let's be honest, Marvel's kind of... I don't think Marvel's looking to take on more stuff because then they're going to either have to pay people more or hire more people so i i don't i don't think it will go to marvel i think they'll look for you know hey look it could go there's other ones we're forgetting as well i mean scholastic is probably not too bad but i mean hey they could maybe have some sort of deal so end up with like some sort of manga company mm. uh there's boom as well True. Um, you know, maybe Dynamite would like to get their hands on it. You know, Dark Horse, I'm sure, might want to get their hands on maybe especially G.I. Joe. Yeah. Um, I think Dark Horse would probably love to get like that sort of military. Yeah. Because, you know, Dark Horse is a little bit darker and they'd be like, hey, we could really make it a bit more adult maybe kind of thing and all that. So I'd be down um, for that, man. I'd be down for that big time. So, yeah, it could go. Yeah, Scholastic Transformers, definitely. That's a lot more kiddie. But, I mean, if you wanted to make uh, G.I. Joe... A little bit more adult, because let's be honest, we are dealing with guns and violence and all that sort of stuff. I sure. could definitely see Dark Horse or or maybe even Dynamite being a home for that. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. So, yeah, but it could go so many places. I mean, it's really hard to pick it. Yeah, it's got, like, I mean... I just don't think it's going to go Marvel. That's the only place I don't think it's going to go. Fair enough. And mine was a total guess, so that's based on fucking nothing, maybe just making a wild fucking guess. It could be anywhere. But, and we'll see if this rumour plays out...
good sales which are still ongoing one is a sale on dc annuals including the pirate batman annual um that chuck dixon did which i love and um so it's all the it's it's all the major annuals that have been done over x many years so there's plenty of annuals to choose from uh 99 cents uh more of if you're a member of comicsology unlimited um i would recommend having checking it out i i picked up a couple of question annuals that i didn't have um the Pirate Batman one uh, has only recently been digitised, so I picked that up along with other stuff. Like, there's there's a whole stack of stuff on there. That's only the Batman stuff. Um, but I recommend that. And also, if you're after a good deal, Marvel Epic Collections are selling rich for three ninety nine on there, which are, which retail for, you know, usually roughly about $29 US, if not more, um, on Comixology, selling for three ninety nine. So I actually cl- completed my Spider-Man collection um and some really yeah there was some really it's a really extensive sale like uh so if you are looking uh have a look at those things and i do like to mention them when you know some really good sales come around uh because it's always good now i look through shopping with um the gang and i honestly cannot see anything that's in any way interesting me um in terms of like weekly stuff that's coming out like there's stuff but just me personally there's just mm. nothing there. Is I I think they're really pulling back on a lot of their collections. Remember that stuff about the paper shortages, Rich? Um, yeah. I will say this though. Um, I did pick up Conan Omnibus Volume Six, the original Marvel years, which collects all of Michael Fleischer's run. The previous one, Volume Five, uh, covered JMS's Conan run in the early eighties, um, mm-hmm. which is a fun run. John Buscema on art duties, and then Bruce Jones, who I'm trying to get on the podcast actually 
then did uh, a run of about 20 issues or so, and then I think Michael Fleischer, a writer I really respect, did a lot of great Jonah Hex, Rich. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, He wrote Conan for quite a long period on Savage Sword, but he also did a spell on the regular title, so that's coming out in Volume 6, his entire run. It's great when you can get an omnibus that that captures a creator's entire run. I love doing that, you know? Mm. Because, um, like, I'm looking at the, the Conan uh, Volume 5, which has got a great cover, John Bashema cover, and then just a white, plain white background. It's really stark um, with that great Bushema Conan, which you've seen a thousand times, Rich, you know, kind of lunging at you from the front. Mm. Um, really good stuff. Really sells it. Um, so, anyway, so there are a couple of things that are, that are out at the moment, but... Um, we're a bit light on actually quality coming out in terms of collected edition originally. Now, the first thing in weekly comics, a lot of flashbacks this week. Um, whether for Spider Man Fifty, uh, I gave this seven point five out of ten. It was really quite funny, like snapshot in the uh, mid eighties. Like uh, Spider Man had been evicted from the apartment with the skylight that he always came in through. Mm. And he was staying at Aunt May's with Mary Jane. I, I do not remember this period of Spider-Man Norway who was evicted. Um, and you had the scampy little niece or whatever she was running around. And then you had, um, like, how funny, how 80s was the supporting cast of the, like, you, who did you have? Prowler. And then the guy on the kind of skates or whatever he was on. Um, Rocket Racer or something his name was. Yeah, something like with his sunglasses. It's, yeah, uh-huh. it's some weird. It's it's definitely a um some odd, um choices, uh designs and stuff and all that. Yeah, it's uh it's very interesting. But it was fun, you know. Um, I like I like Puma. Yeah, well, Puma. I, I mean, I I do like Puma. He 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 comes up now and then, and um, gee, I mean, they were pretty quick to throw Spider Man under the bus. Can I say well, that? You have to remember in those days, um, a lot of people didn't know whether Spider-Man was a good guy or not. Sure. In a way, you know, and that's a, a lot of that is because of uh, J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, with his. Like, you know, he was always trying to make uh, Spider-Man out to be the villain. And that's that was always the fun thing about Spider-Man is that, you know, a lot of people loved him. Yeah. And a lot of people feared him or or didn't trust him because of of um, the, the the bugle. The bugle, yeah. And I, I do want to mention, Rich, and I wanted to get your view on it. Alex Saviak's art, I loved it, and um, he's been on uh, Word Balloon recently. A really charming, funny guy, um, real draftsman, and I enjoyed his his Joe J. Jonah Jameson was actually really good fun. Um, just how sleazy and how you know kind of crazy jay jonah is back oh, in those days yeah I, well he kept repeating life is good life is good just because um <laughs> he got those photos of spider-man stealing yeah you know uh looking like a thief and he was just like life is good oh i've got these photos life is great Super and, then, of he gets, uh, and then he gets captured by the, the chameleon. chameleon yeah i didn't say that one coming he got silver saber with the big say eyes here i'm looking at great images Great art, though. I really enjoy this period. And Web of Spider-Man was kind of one of the more ancillary titles, but hell of a lot of fun. You know, like, and I guess this, I've been on this big Spider-Man kick, and I, I think the only one that really dates it is the, is the black kid on the skateboard with the sort of rockets. Yeah, but but at the same time, but this also shows you, I think, what's lacking with a lot of writers today is that um, <laughs> they don't, they don't, no, no, but they don't go to the vault as much. Yeah. 
Do you know what I mean? Like this is here's a writer, and he's literally he's just having fun digging through the Spider-Man vault, almost like how many different characters can I use? Yeah, and it was the fiftieth issue. It was Jerry Conway, so he knows his way around Spider-Man. You know? Yeah, no, but that, but that's what I'm saying. Like it's it was just so fun to see so many characters involved in the story. Like, yeah, yeah, he made good use of the pages. Like. Yeah, you, you you didn't feel shortchanged, which I which I often feel these days. I feel like Jesus Christ, like you know, thanks Bendis, like I I got nothing. Whereas this was just like it was action packed, and I don't just mean in explosions in terms of the characters doing stuff, stories, Silver Sable, like interesting ends with a page, you know, twist on the chameleon. Like it was good fun. Like I, I think it well deserved seven point five out of ten. What are you giving it, Rich? Uh, yeah, about a seven out of ten. Yeah, is is what I was leaning for. I mean, it's nothing like groundbreaking or revolutionary. It's just sure. more of a fun. Put it this way: this fiftieth was a hell of a lot better than that Avengers fiftieth. Oh, we'll get to that Avengers fiftieth. Oh my god, we'll yeah. get there. Yeah, it was a fucking. I didn't realize it was a novel as well, but until I went to read it, I was like, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, uh, then I was like, gee, I hope it's good, and I was like, oh no. Um, then we had Marvel team up 112. This was a fun one. Spider-Man and Carl the Conqueror. Two guys you wouldn't expect to be seen together and a kind of Doctor Strange mystical element. Look, again, this is, to me, this is what comics were like in the late 70s and early 80s. You, you would you would read them on the... You'd pick them up at the at the drugstore, at the chemist. Maybe... You, not the chemist, sorry. At the um, newsagent in Australia. And you, you, you might even just read them at the rack. You know what I mean? Um, but if you did read them, maybe you had cousins who had them. This is the kind of one you'd read it and think, this is just good fun. Like, no one's trying to sort of... I don't know. They're, they're well-told stories, and I like the way it's told within one issue. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they, okay, to be fair, they did use the um, the term team-up very... Loosely. Yeah. It were, uh, <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't exactly call it a team up, but um, uh, it was fun. I, there was one thing that baffled me though, right? So, Spider Man sees the archer up there, right, about to kill um, Cole. Yes, and he jumps into some other guy's body to do all these flippy whippy stuff and all that. And I thought to myself, why don't you just jump into the body of the archer? The archer. Yeah, <laughs> and point. just not do it. Like, I just thought that was so weird. If you could go in any person's body, why didn't you just go in that guy's body and stop him from doing it? It That's... was cool, though. He could zip into people's bodies and just do crazy I th- shit. I think he could do that for, like, a short time or something like yeah, that. But I did, after I read that, I was like, why don't you just go in his body? That's what Dead Man would have done. Yeah, good point. Well, maybe he just wasn't as experienced as Dead Man. And, yeah, it was, actually, now that you say that, it really was like a Dead Man kind of... Yeah, scenario. but you know what I found? It's a, but this is what I found. So again, this is another thing I find so odd. And this just goes to show you how sometimes logic in comics it, it's yeah. not important. Sure. So he has he needs an antidote, right, for this like snake venom, snake yes. man venom that's in him, yes. right? Yes. But he is a spirit, right? So he goes into someone's body to then drink the antidote, and I thought to myself, well, how does that affect you as a spirit? Well, if it's an if it's another guy ingesting. Well, like, I don't think it didn't make any sense. I don't know. Something happened with his spirit, and then he was he was cured. I'm, I I, I did like how I'm Doctor Strange. It's, it's, it's that comic book logic. True, that's a good point. I did like how Doctor Strange just wiped his memory of it. He's like Spider Man would just go crazy if he remembered this. 
which I thought was <laughs> odd. I was like, why? Well, it was like Spider-Man was okay he's, with he's it. He's had far during... more bizarre adventures than that. But also, he was okay with it during the whole fucking adventure. He wasn't going yeah. insane. He was just reacting and doing crazy. You know, it was he was he was fine. And then Doctor Strange is like, "There's no way he could memory could survive this." Yeah, um, yeah. Of all the things that could drive Spider Man crazy, I wouldn't be that. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of shit going on. I'm giving it seven out of ten. I just think it's it reminds me of when I was a kid and would read this kind of stuff. You know, I, I enjoy this kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I get again. It's another like seven maybe 6.5 just yeah. because it's it's just goofy and fun i mean yeah. it's, it's not really like canon or like a lot of these team-ups especially if they're teaming up with like conan or sure. um colin or that it's kind of more like eh, don't take it too but but that was part of the fun though didn't you think that like it's no i know i know i know that's what i said i'm not scoring yeah. it too massively because it's not no it's you know what I mean. Whether you, if you never read it, you would be fine. It's <laughs> like, it's it's played for laughs almost. It's almost a wink at the reader. You know, like we're yeah. gonna throw these two guys together, and you're like, wow, how can Cole the Conqueror and Spider Man meet? They're just so different. And then you read it, and you're like, okay, I guess that's how they could be. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> good old Cole though, the the forerunner to Conan. Um, I I actually have got the Savage uh Savage I'm not sure if it's called Savage Sword of Cal uh, of Cull, but it's it's something like it's like the the black and white edition. It includes um Chuck Dixon's run on it, which is why I got it actually, because Chuck did uh Cull the Conqueror I think before Conan. Um, so I thought it'd be mm-hmm. inter- interesting to get you know his complete runs in there a- along with the other people who did it before him. Um, then we had a funny one, and I and I got this one from uh. It was Alex Saviak on John Suntress on Word Balloon talking about when he did a story where Superman had horns, and he kind of gave oh, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. he kind of gave a brief description of the story. And I thought I've got to hunt this down, so I hunted it down. Superman four hundred five. This was good old fashioned fun. Like it was a Superman Batman team up without Batman, but Superman yeah. wearing the the cape and cowl, and the way he had the horns was actually hilarious. I thought it was pretty funny because it's so funny because. He even like puts a uh, one of those like fedora type hats yeah, on, yeah, but I was like, hats, but there's yeah. no way because the fedora you can't hide the horns under a fedora. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, it was like, the they old would style. literally stick out the sides. I guess. Well, that was sort of more on top of his head, though, man. If you think about it. No, well, top to the sides. Yeah, like where the horns were. So I was like, there's no way you'd even be able to properly put the hat on. Yeah, well, that's a like, good point. Yeah, but again, it's just it's just that goofy. And the I liked the reason for it was it was Pan's flute or something, and like that was quite yeah. a complicated story uh, L- behind Lana, all that. Lana blew the flute. <laughs> yeah, and then and then what, well, there was one part where Superman's going, and I, I'm blowing on this flute so much, I'm getting sick. And I was like, "What's he blowing on the flute so much for?" <laughs> I, I did that. Trying to, trying to get the horns to go away. To go away, right? Okay. And then what happened in the end was there was uh, something that shocked him. Um, they zapped him or something with the full power of it or something, and then it reverted. No, so he was kept loading on the flute only to discover it was a fake. Yes. Uh, so then he was trying to like do his best Batman scare the the. Isn't that funny? I love this. There was something in this that I, that shows that I love the dichotomy is that Superman is like this god. Yeah. And criminals do not fear him at all. No. And yet Batman, who's just a, a, a regular, like a human, sure. scares the shit out of people, even though Superman could literally, like, atomize them. 
Well, they but know Sir Man that, won't No, but it's the fact that them. they know you would never do it that they're like, yeah. I ain't telling you shit, man, because I yeah. don't fear you at all. Yeah, I agree. He can't... Yeah, exactly. They, he's kind of the Boy Scout, whereas Batman, I mean, I, I, I think it's fair to say some criminals believe Batman has supernatural powers, but in general, they also know he will just fuck them up, you know? Mm. Like, he's not afraid to break a leg or something. Um, yeah. Break a leg or three. Yeah, exactly. I'm giving this one 7 out of 10. It was good fun. I was glad that Alex Saviak talked about it on John Sanchez's show because otherwise I wouldn't have known it existed. Yeah. Yeah, another 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 7 out of 10. There's a lot of 7 out of 10s in this. Um, yeah. Next week, I'm gonna, next week I'm going to do Superman 401, Kerry Bates. It's apparently a quite considered quite a really good Superman story. Mm. And uh, I figured I'd dig that one out and do it in flashbacks. Are you enjoying flashbacks, Rich? Yeah, no. I'm, I'm certainly enjoying them a lot more than... Uh... Than the new stuff. I'm, well, I'm maybe... it's just the new stuff's going through a lull, and I th- I felt we can we can always fall back to flashbacks. I mean, there's so many comics, and I like the way we just do one issue. As I said, I just find the flashbacks more fun, just because I think a lot of them are well more written. Oh, totally. Agree. I think I I think there, there's more fun to be had in them. Yep. There's no there's no like lecturing or agendas or yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, there's yeah. no 2021 in it or, you know, or 2016 to 2021 in it, which is quite nice. There's so, no, you're a bad you person, know. white privilege, you know, that kind yeah, of Yeah, but shit. not just that, but they were just having fun. Like, no, I know. You I, know agree. What I mean, like, I agree. I agree with they you. weren't, they, they, like today, I just feel like everything's about like, how do we make this? Like, it's all more, it's, it's all more corporate speak now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, oh, how do we, how we've got to have the exact amount of like, my, like, it, 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 it's like a game now, like a chessboard where they got to yeah. get all the right color and pieces and stuff and all that just to make a comic. And it's like, I just want a comic, man. You throw me a fun fucking story with fun characters. That's all I want. Dude, if I was in 10 to 15 range and you threw me that web of Spider Man 50, I would have absolutely loved it, you know? Yeah, they don't have that anymore. That's what I'm saying. Like, it was so refreshing to read that where they're just like having fun going, let's. How many how many ex villains and villains and shit can we cram? Yeah. Well, Richard, luckily, this? luckily, I always do a little bit of research, so I do try to select things that are going to be of interest, you know. And luckily, we're blessed that we have so many comics to choose from, you know. Like, oh, but by the sorry, can I just say this before I forget? Because we were talking about Batman, how he kicks the shit out of whatever. Uh, one of my favorite lines in that uh, Reacher trailer, yes, was where he's surrounded by these four punks. And yep. he go and he goes, you ain't scared, man. He goes, all I see is uh, uh, three kids who are about to get their arms broken. And he goes, you mean there's four of us? And he goes, one of you's got to drive to the hospital. Yeah, I like <laughs> I that like, as well. Fucking, it was so Batman. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was very good. Uh, so you gave this one seven, and I believe so did I, Rich. And I would yep. recommend it. And next week we're going to do Superman four hundred one. Uh, now, <clears throat> then we, I said to you. Rich, should we do Avengers 50? Because I saw it was the 750th legacy numbering. And mm. as always, I'm a sucker for marketing. And I was like, oh, yeah, maybe we should do that. Maybe it'll be good. And then I read it. And well, then I opened it up. I was like, oh, fuck. It's like 80 pages or however long it was. I mean, it started off okay with the orb. And I felt it had a couple of good moments. But my God, what a slow, boring story that just dragged on and on and i like length in normally in my comics i'm oh. one of those guys who enjoys if you say to me dave you've got a 40 pager and it's written by someone good by chuck dixon you know someone like that someone who knows what the fuck what they're doing a michael fleischer you know many a writer many a writer who knows what they're doing a jerry conway i'll be like yeah okay i'll settle in with a cup of coffee and read it 
But this was just grinding and grinding and just subplot after subplot after subplot. And the Doom stuff was probably the best there was, but I hate that there's a super team in the past. I hate with a passion. Oh, I've, I've hated that when the moment they introduced that. You're talking about like the Savage Avengers yeah. and that sort of shit. Oh, my fucking God. Like... By the way, I, I just want to say, I think you have been absolutely uh, charitable by saying that this thing has a story. Oh, it just drags on. And on. I mean, so I'm gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest with you. Mm. Um, I, I think I only got through maybe sixty pages of this before I stopped. Yeah, well, that's because I felt like this was written by someone with uh, uh, ADD or something, ADHD. Yeah, like, uh, you know, like th- this thing was bouncing through time oh, and and shop. and transit. Like it was telling like three maybe four different stories at the same time, but it's jumping uh, flashback to future to yeah. flashback to future to current. To po- and I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, I know. I could, I could, this thing was an absolute, if this was your first, if someone was like, Oh, uh, Avengers 50th, I've never read Avengers. Let me pick this up. They would be absolutely baffled out of their fucking mind. What was going on? Cause it was just so much random. Oh, you know, yeah. one minute they're telling a Kazar story. I know. And then it's she and then, Hulk, and, and then it's a and then it's a a, a She Hulk story, and then it's a, a a gorilla story, and then it's a. I did it. I can't even fucking remember all the different like, and it just keeps jumping between these four stories. Oh yeah, bit by bit, but the stories are also not chronological. The yeah. stories seem to be having their own flashbacks <laughs> and stuff, and I was just like, what the. What is going on in this? I felt crazy reading it. I'm not, I will say this. I'm not even joking. I like. I like. It's Jason Aaron. I think he wrote this. It's probably his worst ever comic I've ever read. Uh, and I've got to say, I love a lot of Jason Aaron's work and have bought a lot of it. So I am a Jason Aaron fan, but I've never really got his Avengers at all. And I've tried. And you know what it is? It's just too. It's it's it. None of it is like Jason Aaron, because Jason Aaron stuff is deep. It has themes. Um, it, you know, it's character based, but it's got cool story. Like I'm reading his Scalped at the moment, and I'm fucking loving it. And I read all his Wolverine. I've read a lot of Jason Aaron. His Punisher. This is just. It's really corporate. Like it's just pushing all the buttons of just uh, whoever's popular at this exact moment and who we want to push and. I'm just like, I am, I'm going to say this on the record, and if Jason Aaron hears this, I am a huge fan and, and have read and bought a lot of his work. I think this Avengers run is doing a disservice to his legacy, and I and I really feel it's it's sort of paint-by-number storytelling. And there is some really good artwork at times in this story, um, which I will admit uh, I thought was at times very good art. But nothing can save this from just. I, I, I mean, I, dude, I, I, what a waste of my fucking time it was to read through this 80 page marathon. I got to the end and I was like, oh my God, three out of 10. You know? Yeah. I, I'm, can I be honest with you? I'm not even, because I didn't even finish it, I'm not even going to score it. Yeah. I'm just going to say, don't bother. I'll say to someone, yeah, if you've yeah, not been, yeah. maybe if someone who's been reading every single Avengers issue could probably make track of it, 
or, or, or make sense of what's what's yeah. happening in it. Oh, Ghost Rider. That was the other story that was going Robbie on. Robbie Reyes is Ghost Rider, yeah. Yeah. You see what I mean? There was just so much going on in this thing that I was just like, if this was my first comic, yeah. I could understand why you never got into comics because you'd just be like, what is this? And what can, this can I say, shit? and I, I sort of, I want to go to bat from a little bit because I, I am such a believer in his work, but I I push a little bit back against the old saying Stan had where everything is someone's first because I get it, it's the 50th. I know he has subplots. In fact, I've read some of his Avengers runs, so I understood some of the subplots. But the fact is... You, he was obviously like the the interesting part of this storyline. If I had to boil it, de- if I had to boil it down, Doom turning up in the past was someone interesting. That was that was someone interesting. But all that shit with the Super Avengers of the Million BC. I mean, I know he created that stuff, but it's so pointless. You know, it's just so fucking lame. And and like yeah, Howard Stark who kills his family so he can become the Ironmonger. Yeah. I mean, like, come on. Oh, and that and that kid Thanos man was so fucking so annoying. annoying, so annoying, dude. And they killed. Did they kill the the BC Avengers? Yeah, it looks like that's uh, the he Doom and his um, ancient uh, savage Red Skull and crap and all that. Yeah. Um, the masters uh, of evil of the past. Yeah, it's, it's really it's. Uh, no, 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 no. I, I just want to clarify something. When I was saying that if this is your first book, I'm not saying that whole like, oh, the, every book is someone's first. And what I'm saying is that you cannot have four stories yeah. going on and you flipping between the two of them, yeah. uh, between the four of them, like three pages, then you go on to the next part with three pages, then to another story with three pages, another story, and then back to the, yeah. like, that's what I mean. Like, if this was your first yeah. and you're just getting this, Rant like this random jumping between four different stories, and as I said, and some of those stories have got their own flashbacks <laughs> or, or time skipping. I could understand why someone turned yeah. in and put this down and said, "I don't get comics." Yeah, I don't. I don't. If this is if I this is what care. comics is, yeah. I don't get it because I don't know what the I, you know, like there we 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 read flashback issues all the time. Mm. I don't know what happened before it. I don't know what happened after it, but I could still enjoy yeah that story, like especially like say the the Spider Man one. So, I mean, clearly there's something oh, that's there's happened before the yeah, Spider-Man yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. And obviously something happens after because obviously it ends with the chameleon revealing himself as a, as a standing J. Jonah Jameson. So my point is this is clearly happening in the middle of an arc or a story, but I still could follow yeah. what was going on in it because it was one story, not four jumbled stories together. Yeah, no, it's... um. Oh, dude, it was uh, it was appalling. So you're not going to score it. I'm going to give it a three, and I I honestly feel I'm being generous. You know, like <laughs> probably are honestly. Yeah, it was it was a challenge. Now, but luckily we've got something that I think is going to put a smile on our faces, which was a really really strong Spider-Man story for Trade of the Week. <laughs> Spider-Man: The Death of Gene DeWolf. Um, writer Peter David. Uh, pencilers were Rich Buckler and. Sal Buscema. Um, now, Captain Gene DeWolf had been a supporting character in Spider-Man, uh, in Spectacular Spider-Man, used a lot by Peter by Peter Dave. I was going to say by Peter Parker, but by Peter David in his run. I um, went to the start of his run just before this, just to get a feel. And do you know, Richard, this was right at the start of his whole career. Like, this is... Oh, is it? Yes. So get this. So 
his first comics were only about two issues before this, and then and then it got to this one. So he did like two or three issues of of, the, of this Peter Parker spectacular Spider Man, and then he did this. Now, what an accomplished debut! Can I say for a, for a story arc, like I, I I'm gonna go I'm gonna go into some detail, but basically in essence, Captain DeWolf created in the mid seventies by I want to say Bill Mantlo, um, was a supporting character in Spider Man's cast, usually in the ancillary books like Web of Spider Man and Spectacular, that kind of stuff. Um, Spectacular I think was the main one, um, and she was a, she helped him out, but they had an uneasy relationship. She was always kind of almost a bit cold to him. Um, but they worked together, and um, she was kind of like a female version of the of the private eye kind of thing. Like, she, she kind of was quite stylish and stuff, and she was just a different kind of character. And anyway, so they, she gets killed at the start of this, like, very first few pages, very similar to the comedian being killed in Watchmen. It kicks off the book. Um, and then it's a whodunit. I have read this story you know, 15 years ago or more, 20 years ago, I'd completely forgotten who the Senator was, Richard. So (laughs) when the reveal happened, I, of course, had forgotten that, which was actually nice. Uh, And unfortunately, it turns out to be the guy who's investigating a murder, who Stan Carter, I think his name is, and Spider-Man is teaming up with him uh, to try to find the murderer. And then he finds out it's him. Daredevil's in there as well, doing his typical Daredevil don't kill routine. Spider-Man wails on Stan Carter when he gets hold of him. And then in the sequel storyline, which I'm really glad they include, because I thought the sequel was actually really good as well. Um, the guy's let out of prison on grounds of uh, insanity. And, you know, he's t- tortured. He's kind of got the Sin Eater in his head. And he's trying to maintain a life. And he's, he's, he's deaf and he's got crippled. He's kind of half crippled from Spider-Man beating up on him. Really interesting story with a lot of big themes. Rich, I want to get your take on it. What did you think? Uh, very, yeah, I uh, I do agree with you. It's a fantastic story and all that. The only thing I found really odd mm. is that I don't feel like her death was that impactful. Yeah. You know, for, for something that's marketed as the death of this character, I mean, you, we literally start the book off with her dead in her bedroom. Sure. So you don't even see the murder. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you, so like again, if you just picked up this trade, you're not super familiar with Spider-Man. You're not really going to get a sense. And the and the thing is, you don't like. I don't feel like her death is is written as impactful as it probably could have been. Mm. But the the flip side is, <clears throat> I really enjoyed the 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 character of the Sin Eater and what he's doing and. uh you know, it's almost like a serial killer in a way, you yeah, know, and yeah. they're trying to figure out who he is and w- why he's doing what he's doing and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, then they got the guy who's, um, uh, thinks he's the Sunita. I mean, it's a, it's a really wonderful, like crime story. Yeah, definitely. Do you know what I mean? But my only issue is for a book that's marketed as the death of, you know, Gene DeWolf, I kind of feel like her death didn't really feel that, well, it wasn't like Gwen Stacy dying where Spider-Man was traumatized. He was angry. You know, he was yeah, angry. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, look, he has these moments of like, oh, I'm going to kill you for what you did. But I mean, but I don't, there's no like flashbacks or memories mm. to yeah. help you understand why this character is important. Like if it maybe like, if they just had a couple of panels of, of him thinking of her and maybe 
a flashback of a moment or yeah. something she said to him just to like just hammer home a little bit why the death of this character is important. But the problem, because they didn't give you any of that, as I said, like as I said, you could just pick this off the shelf and go, "Oh, this is an interesting trade. It's a, it's a death of some character." But when you would read the book, you'd still be like, "I don't know who she is." And and you know why, what? why was when, her death important? When I first read this twenty five years ago or twenty years ago, I didn't know who she was either because I hadn't read. I wasn't back in the seventies and early eighties reading Spectacular Spider Man, mm-hmm. and I, and I felt the same. But the story is so good. So oh really, no, no, the, yeah, the, yeah, the story. Yeah, take that aside. Like, if you, if she was almost like just again, just some ancillary character you didn't even know about, mm. then yes, I mean the story still stands that maybe it's someone she, she knew, maybe wasn't super super close with, but the story that is still fine, uh, yeah. as it is in terms of the 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 perpetrator, the villain, the story, his motivations. For why he's killing these How about he kills the judge? Sort of he kills the judge, and the judge is like begging, and Daredevil hears his friend like begging before he gets blown away. And no, one... no, 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 no. That's not what happened. Huh? No. Um, the judge walks in on Matt with the Sin Eater. Yeah. Because the Sin Eater was hiding in the judge's thing. And then the judge walks in and goes, What the hell's happening here? And then the guy just turns around and blows him away. And Daredevil's like, nah, No, no, no. There's a scene where he's. Where he's... There's this dude. There's a scene where um, the judge is begging. Yeah, it's uh, here. It's here. Okay, so he on, goes on. I'm, I'm one. Get it off my shelf. Okay. Yeah. Are you in front no. of your microphone? So he here's the scene. So basically, Daredevil, Senator is going after Daredevil, and then um, the judge. Oh, comes, okay. I mean, like it's a small panel. Yeah. So he says, "One moment, frozen in time, for Matt Murdock." In that moment, Matt could have leaped unerringly, taken out the gun wielder, and seriously jeopardized his identity. In that moment, Matt was astonished as an old friend who was so dignified immediately dropped to his uh, knees. And okay, that, you know what? I, that actually makes the scene worse, though. <laughs> well, was it no, true? no, because if 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 he's got time to to drop to his knees and grovel, yeah, then, then Matt's got time to do something. Yeah, well, that's what the narration. But if the said. guy just spun around and shot, yeah, then you could understand that that that. Matt couldn't get there in time. Well, that's what this—that's literally what the scene's saying, and uh, and then it seemed like Matt Murdock was kind of almost—he um, was frozen, a moment in surprise and indecision, a moment mm. too long. I, I, it should have—it should have happened more instantaneously. Well, Richard, you know what—that's just—that's just my. That's but you just know my what view. happens, Matt? You know what happens, dude? Like, I'm sorry to break the news to you: the heroes don't always win every battle. People no, but that's die. my point. If the guy had just spun around. Then yes, he would have had nothing. There was nothing he could have done. Yeah, but, but the, if you're talking about Daredevil, who could just pick up something and throw it, yeah, and just say I got lucky, yeah, like a, a, a trained hero. I just think if he's got time to to the guy's got time to walk in, drop to his knees, beg yeah. and grovel yeah, before the guy pulls the trigger. I just feel he's got time to do something. It's one more strike against Daredevil. What can I tell you? It wouldn't have happened with Punisher. <laughs> he would have drilled him through the head. Um, but it's Daredevil once again, fucking everybody's third best friend. You know, just failing. Um, I, didn't, I didn't realize you hated uh, Daredevil. As I've, much. I know I've always hated Daredevil from back in the eighties when um, Punisher clashed mm-hmm. with him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course, that's why you hate him. Yeah, that's why. And then in later oh, yes, years, because he beats the shit out of. Uh, oh, well, slow down. Whoa, 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 slow down, big guy. There's 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 a fight that takes place over two titles, and Frank actually gets the upper hand in one of the titles. Wow, okay, one title out of, like, 50. Yeah, but I always hated Daredevil. 
in later years, I actually realised there's some good stories. But no, we're back in the eighties. Yeah, a young D Finn. I was not a fan, and even these days, <laughs> when I when I when I saw Daredevil fuck up here, I was like, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what happens when Daredevil's involved. He, you know, he's always got his shtick. His Catholic guilt bores me, and his shtick <laughs> his shtick about like don't kill. I actually like the Ben Affleck one where he threw that guy in front of a train. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Ben Affleck one was. Uh... Yeah. Uh, he started off like super fucking dark, like just yeah. letting people die or killing people and all this sort of stuff. Uh, yeah. Or like killing them indirectly, sort of by like, you know, uh, scaring them. Like when that guy fell into the track and he's like, I'm not going to save you. Yeah, exactly. You now, know what I mean? Um, but anyway, I, I, I did like that Daredevil was in there. And um, now I've got a question. So the, the black Spidey outfit, I always get confused. So Venom came. There's already been this storyline, and then he got rid of Venom, and then he was wearing the black uniform. Is that right? Um, Had Venom happened by this point or not? I th- yes, yes. It, no, Venom must have happened because because um, uh, he's wearing the black suit, which he made himself after that. Right, okay. So after Venom left, he, he made a black, black suit himself, right? Yeah, yeah which can I be honest with you? I don't actually like the black suit that much. I I loved it as a kid. I've I've never been a, a a fan of the of the black suit. Why? Just because you like the original? I I I, I like that the original has got more uh, color and um uh um uh, it, it breaks the color you know, with your red sure and your blue it kind of breaks it up. I've never been a fan of just one almost color. I know you're gonna say, "Oh, it's got a bit of white," but I mean, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, no, I understand. It's, it's it's hard to see like detail in just pure black. I just liked it for a change, you know, as an alternate suit kind of thing, like an alternate strip of a team. Um, how funny is uh, some of the stuff in here though? Like when this priest is like, uh, he's he's literally speaking out what he's saying on the on the TV at the same time. <laughs> He's like, well, uh, but- oh, when he's like, oh, if I do, yeah, good point there. <laughs> if I do say so myself, yeah, he's like, that well- guy was. But you know what I mean? Like, you know, people go, oh, there's always been politics and all that. It's like, yeah, but I guess the difference is we kind of agreed more on politics back in those days. Yeah. Like, he's not... You see, this is the difference between today and yesterday, right? Mm. That reverend is not a good guy. He's a, he's racist. He's a slime ball, yeah. No, no, I mean, a slime ball, but, you know, he's always like, oh, the white man, he's always blah, blah, like this. Yeah, and, yeah, put, yeah. and then someone goes, oh, reverend, I didn't know you were a racist. Yeah. And so he's portrayed as, like, a bad guy in a sense. Yeah, Jay Jonas said that. He's, he's portrayed as a hypocrite, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's my point. So, like, I, that's why I, was, I, I kind of feel like today he would have been the good guy saying that sort Maybe, of stuff. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I mean, that, that what they used to do back then was a lot of talking heads where they'd have this opinion and that opinion, and it was kind of like both opinions, you know, like uh, in Frank Miller's uh, Dark Knight Returns, that kind of style. Whereas now they're a bit more preachy, like overly so, you know? Mm. Which I could do without, you know. But anyway, how funny was the scene where, where, where Santa Claus came, came to the window and he's like, uh, "Whisper, honey, Santa, what are you doing in here? Christmas Eve isn't for. Let me in, and I'll tell you." Okay, hold on for a second, and then and then yeah, that was a weird side story, wasn't it? It was because then there's the story where he's like, "Santa's going to get us a big TV," and all I had to do was was trade it for the the the, the small one. And yeah, just had, just had to give him the old one, the small one. And, and then the father like, or something is like, "Where's the TV I'd, gone?" I'd love to know if that story went anywhere. I'm sure it did. 
I'm sure they were, they were building a subplot inside the inside the thing, but it was fun to see that. Just in, it was totally unpaid off within this tr- collection. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I've got to say, like, I really liked a couple of things that, that blew my mind. Firstly, when the guy has the Sin Eater has the shotgun and just blows away some of the crowd when Spider Man dodges. Um, then you had Spider Man really wailing on the guy. And then in the sequel series, uh, I really thought it was an interesting exploration of the guy's kind of insanity and how bad it he was, and it, it sort of called Spider-Man into question for what he, you know, how severe he'd been on the guy. I thought that was a really interesting story. What did you think? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, it, Spider-Man tends to lose his cool fairly often because mm. Spider-Man is very emotional. He's not like you know, Batman is the opposite. Yeah. You know, Batman always keeps his emotions in check and all that. Like, even when his Robins die. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? But I kind of, I guess that's maybe why people enjoy Spider-Man so much, is that he is more of that everyman yeah. um, uh, character because um, he does lose his temper. He, he does almost kill someone because he lets his emotion, which would happen to any normal person sure that's right yeah. like any normal person who's had a loved one killed or whatever would probably react that way yeah exactly and, and i think what gets him is the betrayal too like it's it's not just the killing and the revenge it's the betrayal someone that actually he was mm. working with to solve the murder and makes it all the more galling like even when he finds out he's like wow uh stan's gonna get a real kick out of the fact that um you know it's in the same apartment block and then it's like oh it's his apartment and it's just you know it's just craziness. Yeah, that was a, that was a cool twist. It was a cool. That twist. was a, that, that's why I say this this story really worked because that was I did not see that coming. No, well I'd forgotten as well. You like, know, um, was uh, this the first time reading I, for you? Yeah, I never I never read this back in the day. Right. Okay. So so for me this was like I literally did not see that coming. And can I just say this is the kind of artwork I really dig, and there was a lot of it in Spider Man around that period. Did you like Rich Butler on art or Rich Bushler on art? I think. Uh yeah oh the art in the in the first half was better than the second half right okay I felt like the second one if it was by the same guy I think maybe he was maybe under more time restraint yeah um so I'm just thinking was it Sal Basema on 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 the second one uh, let's have a look here let's, let's yeah I, can't remember. I think it may have been a different artist on the second one okay the beginning uh, so the first one was was Rich buckler that was the first storyline the second one was sal basema john basema's brother um, yeah i i felt that one didn't it wasn't as good okay yeah i mean he has his own style he did spectacular for a long time and, and plenty of other stuff um but yeah but uh, look but a really interesting story i thought the second one did like a sequel that has to live up to the first half but i felt it did by exploring a lot of the character of the insanity and stuff and it really mm. kind of, uh, you know, it, it made you ask some questions and you find out he was a lover of Gene DeWolf as well, which made the patrol all the worse. I kind of wish they would, I wish they had, um, I wish they had gone with that um, uh, earlier. What do you mean? Like when him, well, when him and Spider-Man were sort of talking, I would have preferred um, knowing that him and Gene were love because then, then that twist would have been even more. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah even more impactful for me as a reader. I'd be like, what? Yeah. Like, 
they were supposed to be involved and he went and blew her away. I kind of felt like finding that afterwards yeah. uh, dulled it a little bit Agreed. or it wasn't as sh- sort of shocking. It was I sort did... of thrown in to make it all the more outrageous, but it was already yeah. bad enough. I, I, I didn't enjoy the the ending. No. Or, or, the, or the, if you want to call it the um, the epilogue, as much yeah. as that one, just because I felt that one was a little bit, it felt a bit more rushed for a conclusion. I will say this. I, I thought the second half wasn't as good as the first, but I thought the first was almost as good as it gets. But I did like the stuff mm-hmm. about the insanity and how he had the the other portion in his head and, and also the questions that were asked by Spider-Man about the damage he inflicted. I thought all that stuff was pretty interesting. Like I was, I was pretty drawn into it. If you know what I mean. Yeah, but it also he also said that a lot of it's psychosomatic. He did say that, and I was like, psychosomatic, you're crippled, like you're deaf, you're deaf or you're not deaf, well, you know. Well, I guess it's psychosomatic in that yes, he did receive injuries. Yeah, and, and he, you know, probably did have to go off, but he he probably hasn't recovered from them because he feels that he, you know, he's guilty, mm. and you know, he feels bad about what he's done, so that he's. Yeah, he's like I guess he sees himself that way or something like that. Yeah, well, I mean, he did murder multiple people, and then and then he was like, um, he he had the sort of toy gun, and he sort of toyed the cops into shooting him. Um, yeah, mm. sort of goaded them in. Look, a really incredible collection. Can I just say one of my favorite reads on Signal? I'm giving it nine point five out of ten. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's an eight out of ten for me. Yeah, That's um, a it, if, if, if okay, so. The first part is a nine out of ten. Yeah. The second, it, but if I add it together with the second part, which I got to sort of mark it down to like an eight. Sure, that's fair. Because I just, as I said, I would have, I would have preferred a little bit more of the of the Sunita. Yeah. I just, I just feel like it was a it was a quick wrap up. Yeah. And I just felt that it was too quickly wrapped up. No, I hear. But it, but it doesn't take away from the first half. Yeah. Strong. The, the first half is is outstanding. It's stellar. Yeah, no, it was really good. I, I really, really enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, I, we've done a few Peter David things on the show, and, and I don't think I've ever encountered... I mean, I, I like Peter David in general, but this is my favourite of whatever I've read of Peter David's by some distance. I also really like his Young Justice, and I and I guess I've read his Hulk, but this I thought this was amazing. I really, really thought it was, was fantastic. And to think, Richard, that, like, his... The first half was like amongst the first comics the guy ever did, you know. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. That that is, if, yeah. If if this one of his like absolute first, yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 an achievement. He only did like like three issues of Spider Man in this run, two or three before this. <laughs> so it's like Jesus, that you is know? impressive. Yeah. Um. Look, I want to say thank you to everyone who's been listening to the show. Um. We're coming towards Christmas. Um. And as I said, we're gonna we've got two more shows after this before we we take a couple of weeks off. Um, everybody who supported us on Patreon, I really appreciate it. Dean and I myself are doing a, another uh, Cinema of Doom next Thursday night. Um, oh, what, what you doing? Uh, Yo Jimbo. Ah, oh, you finally getting around to Yo Jimbo. We're getting to round to Yo Jimbo. Michael Kellish. It's been long delayed, and I want to blame Dion for that one hundred percent. No, actually, maybe ten percent me, ninety percent Dion. I was actually drinking when you said that and almost choked. Yeah, and um, so we're doing that. And um, I do want to say thank you to everyone who supports the Patreon as well, uh, patreon.com slash Signal of Doom. Um, anything you can give is appreciated. It all goes towards show show running costs for Signal of Doom, for Legion Outpost, and um, Dread or Dead. 
but yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of fun. Rich, you want to announce what we're doing next week? You made a decision? Yes, I, we're going to do, because I haven't read it in a while, and I know mm. you probably haven't read it at all. Mm. We're going to do the Incredible Hercules trade against the world. Okay, Incredible Hercules against the world. I've definitely yeah. not read it, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, I like the Hercules character. I've seen him in um, what, uh, Dead Men Team Up. Um, I remember him being in, and I enjoyed that. Yeah, no, it's really good, because uh, this is shortly after sort of the World War Hulk stuff, when right. Amadeus Cho is his, kind of his, not unwanted, but like um, pesky sidekick. Right. Kind of, you know, they have a, like this begrudging sort of friendship. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it, it really delves in a bit more of his backstory. You know, uh, with Hercules, with like the 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 twelve labors and all that sort of stuff. Oh, Is cool! Yeah, oh, cool? yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and he and yeah, it's just really good. I, I'll let you read it, but it, it delves a lot into his backstory. But then there's a lot of modern stuff, and it's got him like. Um, what I loved about this is he was such a he was such an insatiable flirt. Yes, like with all the women. There's one where like he goes berserk, and like Natasha does something to like snap him out of it like some explosion which blows off his clothes or something right and then he's just going like he just says to her, like how awesome was i <laughs> and she's and she's like pretty awesome i put on some pats <laughs> and it's, like, it's just it was just it was so much fun yeah well i know you're fond of this one rich you you yeah you've mentioned this to me over the years so i'm looking really forward you know who's a really big hercules fan um ray ray is a massive hercules yeah. fan yeah. No, it's it's really it's really good. I fucking love it. It's, he it's he will I love that. I, I, this was when this was one of the few Marvel stuff I was collecting back in the day. Yes, it was so good. I collected all the floppies. I then went and collected all the trades mm. when they came out. I absolutely that is that that run of of Hercules is is probably some of my favorite Marvel comics of like all time. Well, I can't. I'm looking forward to it. Um, this was when he was filling in for Hulk, wasn't it? Like the Hulk title. Correct. Got yeah. That's why the book was called Incredible Hercules. Yes, because he was filling. So in for he Hulk. he started in the Incredible Hulk book, mm. and it was called Incredible Hulk, but it was centered around Hercules. And then, at some point, they changed the title to the Incredible Hercules. That's cool. And did you know that recently the Incredible Hercules has had two complete collections done of those of that yes. run? Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Well, again, I've got all the trades and I've got the floppies. I don't. No, you're all right. I don't know, but if anyone doesn't, I would highly recommend that they they buy it for sure. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So we'll we'll do that next week. What's it called? Incredible Hercules against the world. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Looking forward to it. Um. Look on that note. Uh, obviously, the collective. You've got uh inner demons. You've with Brian Biggie. You've got uh, into the night with Ray. You've got uh, last sons of Krypton with Ray and Connor. Iron Fist sons of the dragon. Uh, the Iron Fist podcast. You've got uh, the guys at Capes of Lunatics who really fill Lilith, Charlie. They really keep you supplied with a lot of hits. There's a lot of good shows on the Collective Network. Obviously, we're star members, but others, you know, Ghost Spider Groupies. There's there's all sorts of stuff. Um, check us out. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're all part of a network. Uh, you know, helping each other conquer the world. Obviously, my version of the empire is fairly dark rich and runs on blood you know that of course oh my god that's disgusting they pray to their death god which is me uh <laughs> they, they pray for a release they will never ever get um oh, that's that's dark bro. oh yeah it's dark stuff in my in my in my little kingdom and it's not so little anymore either I'm, i plan to conquer more territory 
anyway, <laughs> my empire of blood. Um, but anyway, uh, that that aside, look, support the Patreon, and you can help the empire build more and more. Uh, anything you'd like to say, Rich, before we close out? No, no, no. As I said, uh, I'm good. I'm going to be... I'll be spending my two weeks break yeah. from the show just playing a lot of Final Fantasy. Well, that's good. And we've still got two more shows to go before the end of the year anyway. So on that note, I want to say thank you it's and good night. Good night. I was going to say it's going to go quick. <laughs> it will.